Welcome to the very first episode of the Whiskey Knife Fight podcast. My name's Taylor Martin, and last night my co-host Jeremy Sires and I recorded the very first episode live. So if you're unfamiliar with what we're doing here, the Whiskey Knife Fight is a live podcast that takes place over on the Whiskey Knife Fight YouTube channel, which you can find at WhiskeyKnifeFight.com. We're doing these every single Wednesday at 8 p.m., so if you want to catch them live, be sure to tune in there. But you can also watch the video on demand after the fact or listen to the audio-only version, which is what you're listening to right now. Currently, it's only available via RSS, which is just one of those unfortunate growing pains of a brand new podcast. But I will be submitting it to all of the different platforms who should be, in the next few weeks at least, able to listen to this podcast in all of the places that you can find a podcast. Until then, just subscribe to the RSS feed, which you can find in the show notes, or you can go over to the YouTube channel at Whiskey Knife Fight and listen there. I just wanted to clarify that and also thank you guys for all of the support and interest you guys have shown in this podcast before we ever launched it. Thank you so much. I've gotten so many questions and DMs about when we're starting, and I'm proud to say we finally have. So without any more delay, this is episode one of Whiskey Knife Fight. You've not officially podcasted before, right? Nope. Like this is this is your first podcast. I've done this for a long time. This is technically, I guess, like my, my fourth or fifth podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm a podcasting virgin. I've been on other people's podcasts. My uncle has a podcast, uh, Five Dirty Bikers. A uh, little plug for him. If you're into Harleys and motorcycles and stuff, they've got a cool podcast. Um, I've been on his as a guest, but I've never done my own. Well, I have missed it ever since I stopped. I was, uh, I, I did it every week for probably close to two years and yeah, I missed it and wanted to get back into it. So I'm glad I, I ran into you who is, uh, just as verbose as I am. And okay. I'm not going to insult myself like that. It's my fuck timer. <laughs> that means I can say fuck. What Jeremy was doing, uh, and why we were a minute or two late to starting it was uh jeremy was trying to find a good ringtone for his fuck timer which is apparently <laughs> the amount of time that has to elapse from the beginning of a video or live stream on youtube where they will demonetize you for using explicit language which yeah, supposedly they don't like i think you can drop like shit and stuff like that because i drop shit in my videos all the time but like stuff like fuck motherfuck stuff like that if it's in the first two minutes, they consider that the intro, and that's a that's a hard no. For whatever reason, just the beginning of the video is, is all that matters. I guess it's like one of those things that if somebody accidentally, like a, a younger person, were to click on your video, they figure two minutes in, if you're talking about adult stuff, they're going to check out. But if like your video starts off with you saying, like, fuck, fuck, motherfuck, then they're like, ah, they didn't have time to get out of there before. You know what I mean? I'm assuming Valid. that's their logic. I don't really know. Solid logic. I don't, I don't know. I think it's dumb. YouTube needs to, I, I don't know. I, I personally really want YouTube to have a viable competitor in, yes. in video on demand. I uh, do too. I really, YouTube sucks, but I mean, I, look. I, I guess it doesn't suck. It, it's just not Twitch, right? Like streaming on YouTube is not Twitch. Twitch kind of owns that space. YouTube does not have a valid competitor. Facebook's tried, and a bunch of companies have tried, and nobody has succeeded. And uh, I think, I think it's time for YouTube to it is face not some that, real competition. Not that I wouldn't still necessarily use YouTube. I think YouTube's right. got a great platform in a lot of ways. But I think 
having competition only means that they're going to do better. And maybe they won't be so draconian with some of the rules they lay down because they might be a little more afraid that if they piss people off, they'll lose creators where right now I don't feel like they worry about that. They're just like, yeah, we're going to do what we want. And if we where are people going to go, there's nowhere else to go. So shut your mouth. (laughs) They just kind of have a monopoly over all of it and can really do what they want. And to that effect, I think that we've passed the bubble, right? The bubble burst and, and we've just basically been dealing with the fallout Mm-hmm. of that for the last several years as things start to clamp down. I mean, it was a free-for-all on YouTube mm-hmm. for the longest time, but now as it's getting to be a bigger, more viable platform for serious brands and serious marketing, uh, they're just trying to clean up shop and, and make it a better place for that and not necessarily just anything. It's right. not E-bombs world, you know? Right. Like- <laughs> Which, you know, I agree with some of their stuff and I don't agree with others, right? Like some of the... Obviously, if it's like hate speech and stuff like that, that's no good. You don't want that. But like some of the stuff that they block because they say it's not advertiser friendly, I disagree with that. It might not be advertiser friendly for Johnson and Johnson, but I know there's plenty of other companies out there that would be happy to have their advertisements on that kind of content. Yeah, you know, yeah. I so. agree. Well, speaking of things that are not advertiser friendly. Uh, hey, Bourbon Junkie, speaking tonight. of non-advertiser friendly, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. And I know we're not reading comments, but I got to say hello to my boys right there because they jumped in. So, hey, guys. I, I had to turn it off. Otherwise, I'm going to just stare at the comments the whole time. Uh, but what are you drinking tonight? Uh, uh, Angel singing. This stuff is so fucking good. You got a good bottle, too. You got some. Let's see it. Yeah, I'm about to crack this open. I just picked it up about 20, 30 minutes ago. Some old forester, nineteen twenty. So we're like old forester twins tonight. Um, Brown Foreman, I'm a huge fan of pretty much everything they make. Right, like I can't think of a Brown Foreman product off the top of my head that I don't dig. But I just started recently getting these in my areas. These are their their um, single barrel old forester store picks. And dude, this shit is so good. And it's a single barrel, so this bottle isn't going to be the same as somebody else would get in, in their city because it would obviously be a different barrel. But the Bourbon Junkies and everybody else I've talked to, I don't think anybody's gotten a bad one. These are all just fucking delicious. Um, so really good. 90 proof. I think later this year they're going to start, or they might have already started releasing them. They're going to start doing some of their barrel proof single barrel stuff, which is really going to be great. Well, this will be my first... First taste of Old Forester anything. I've never had Old Forester before. What? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I told you that my, <clears throat> my foray into whiskey other than, you know, topical stuff was scotch. I never really tried anything beyond, you know, Knob Creek and, I don't know, the, the standards. And you um, are about to enter the world of Brown Foreman. Well, okay, so I will say... I can't say that I've not had great bourbons. I mean, I've I've gone to some open bars that were quite nice with some uh-huh. top shelf stuff, and I've had some some good things. But this is the first Old Forester. Oh, dude, uh, it is. I'm uh, still I'm still trying my best to get my hands on some Elmer T. Lee. Elmer okay. T. Lee's good. Um, uh, speaking of the bourbon junkies, uh, guys, I was saying hi to Dan and Sean. The bourbon junkie sent me some Elmer, and it was really good. Um, I can't find it in my area either, but, um, <clears throat> hold on, I'm messing around with my computer here. 
Um, but it's really good. Dan and them have some Elmer 100, which is like a crazy rare bottle. And supposedly that's one of the best ones they've ever had. Supposedly it's really, really good. I think that shit's crazy expensive. Uh, I went into the ABC store near me a couple of years ago after, well, Alex's uncle, uh, gave me a bottle, not a bottle. (laughs) He gave me the last sip of a bottle, um, probably about a shot's worth. And I took it home, tried it, and I'm like, oh, my God, that is really good. Went to the ABC store, asked for a bottle, if they carried it, what I could do to get it. And he said, well, currently we got about a three-year wait list. So <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, sweet. I'm not going to put my name on that, but <laughs> cool. <clears throat> well, that's the way it is with a lot of whiskeys nowadays, right? Like whiskey is in its kind of renaissance. Whiskey is so popular that there's a lot of bottles out there that are just, you can't find them. They're just like unicorns. You know I mean? You, you hear people talking about them like, uh, not to keep bringing up Dan and them, but they just did, I think it's called the King of Kentucky. And, um, it was a, a bottle they did a review on and dude, I look for that stuff. Like, forget it. You, you're just not going to find it. It's just not there. Forget it. Well, I'm, I'm starting off pretty good with a 115 proof. So, 115 is a little hot for a warm-up whiskey, but it'll, it'll be all right. I mean, this is my warm-up and finisher. I, actually, <laughs> no, I, I have a little cart here. You might not be able to see it. There we go. Look at that. I have a little cart here with a few. Oh, few look at you with your little bar cart off to the side. Yeah. yeah that yeah. looks like a proper alcoholic. That way you can just move your whiskey around <laughs> with you everywhere you go. Exactly. I can take it to the <laughs> table back there. I got the couch. I got another desk. <laughs> yeah. I am going to, with my... Old Forester. I just cut that crooked as a some bitch. I mean, dude, look how crooked I cut that. Oh, oh, it's not gonna. It doesn't look too bad. The, it doesn't, doesn't look as bad on the camera. It is. It's it's horrendous. It's it's <laughs> it's fucking crooked. Um, this is an NBK Blackworks Studio. No, Blackworks. Yeah, Studio. It was one of the cigars that, oh, that's pretty cool. It's got like a skull of like a, what is that? Sabertooth tiger skull? I don't know what the hell that is. It was one of the ones that came in this month's Luxury Cigar Club. I have not smoked any of them. So. I s- have one. I still have my two cigars from the beach. Dude, I am disappointed in you, by the way. <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going <clears> to <throat> smoke it in a hurricane. You, I mean, you, I could have. That's the best Dude. time to smoke it. No, actually, speaking of the hurricane, and, and since we're on the topic of whiskey, uh, so we're sitting at the beach. Hurricane is rolling through. Storm Eyewall is like maybe 30, 40 minutes from, from passing us. Mm-hmm. And Alex stuck her head outside, and she she's a beach lover through and through. Like She loves the beach. Takes a big whiff, and she's like, I just love the smell of that ocean air, the sea. You can just smell it. It smells like being out at sea. Not just being at the beach. Because, I mean, there's crazy winds coming in. And maybe five, ten minutes later, I stuck my head out the door and took a big whiff. And I'm like, Alex, it doesn't smell like the ocean. It smells like Lagavulin. It smells like (laughs) straight up peated scotch out here. Like, what are you talking about? And she's like, you just don't know what the ocean smells like. And I'm like, no, I, I know what the ocean smells like. There's smoke in the air. Like, it smells like scotch. It smells like that sea salt and smoke i was like it smells like lagavulin outside and it's my favorite thing in the world uh we later found out and it's kind of tragic but we later found out that the 
island north of where we were staying uh, on Ocean Isle, they had some house fires. So that's what I was smelling. I was smelling. <laughs> well, that's fucking, that's unfortunate. You're like, really ah, it smells like Lagavulin and people's broken dreams. I know, <laughs> it smelled so great outside, but it was kind of kind of unfortunate, the, the circumstance. But uh, if you ever smell that, I mean, it's really, really awesome to not have to open a bottle of Lagavulin to smell It's that. funny. The, um, have you ever heard of Scotch Malt Whiskey Society? So it's like a private scotch club where they go and they purchase single barrels from distilleries. And then sometimes they'll just bottle them because, you know, most scotches are blended, right? So it's single yeah. malt. So people think that means it's single barrel and that's not accurate, right? Single malt does not mean it's a single barrel. Um, a lot of scotches are blended for to get a uniform flavor, right? Yeah. Uh, I think most are actually. Um, well, Scotch Malt Whiskey Society, they will go and pull a single barrel of scotch from one of these distilleries and then bottle it and give it to the people in their club. Um, or sometimes they're big enough now that they will actually age it in their own uh, aging warehouse or whatnot in a different barrel. So they'll finish it in like an Oloroso sherry barrel or they'll finish it for six months in a different barrel and then bottle it and then put it to their out to their club. And uh, they reached out to me to see if I wanted to have a few bottles and, and, you know, maybe work with them. And she's like, I've got some really good bottles of stuff that's mermaid's bathwater. I think you'll probably like <laughs> because she's heard me talk about liking Isla. Yeah. Really nice lady. Seems like a pretty cool uh, company. So probably some stuff coming with them in the future. That's cool. Uh, Alex's cousin is in, I think, a bourbon club out of Chicago. I don't know if they're local or, or bigger than that, but they, they do that where they'll, they'll go to a, a distillery and buy a barrel and, Right. bottle it and distribute it between their people it's cool right is, yeah it is really cool well especially when you're getting single barrels right because it's kind of like store picks right like this thing we're yep. talking about right here like old forester normally you're getting a blended product right so they're they're taking multiple bottles they're blending it together to get a uniform flavor flavor profile so but sometimes there's some individual bottles in there that are individual barrels out there that are really special they may not be the stereotypical old forester flavor profile but they're really good um, I was these. I was wrong. She said not Chicago. It's it's Cleveland. I'm, oh. I'm sorry. But uh, whole roof of my mouth. I just wanted to give you guys an update. Uh, 115 proof has made the entire roof of my mouth numb because we had <laughs> lasagna for dinner and um, I burned the entire roof of my mouth. So the whole I can't feel anything right now. <laughs> big, uh, big idea. I see big idea. Up, I know Chad, we're not supposed to be reading comments right now, but occasionally I see one that I have to call out, and that's you gotta, because you got to turn Chad, it off, man. No, I'm seeing it too. But uh, yeah, no, um, I I did not dr- smoke the cigars at the beach. They're still sitting at home. Uh, I will maybe break into one this weekend. Will that you make you feel man. good? Will that make you feel good? Well, because the thing is, will it make you hate me less? Whiskey is really good, and cigars are really good. But whiskey and cigars, it's like twin powers unite. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's a little something special. Well, I unfortunately don't want to smoke outside because it's ridiculously hot outside these days. Now, so, are you getting off that old Forester any? I don't want to. <clears throat> I'm curious to see if you taste it. Most people do, but not everybody does. Are you getting any particular fruit flavor out of that old Forester? Uh, right now, no. It's pit- as you said. It's pretty hot. I mean, it's just. <laughs> Right now, I'm still dealing with the singeing part, you know? Well, I have found that it's good. Any, I don't like anything with 
very acidic if I'm going to be like tasting whiskey, right? Like if I'm just drinking whiskey for enjoyment, whatever, but if I'm going to be trying to like pull flavors out of whiskey and tasting whiskey, I don't, I don't like any spicy food, any acidic food. Like it needs to be like steak and potatoes. Like that's the best meal. Period. You just full stop. Well, I a hundred percent, but it, it doesn't, I feel, like it doesn't we... <laughs> I feel like it doesn't fuck your palate up too bad. If you eat some yeah. Mexican food or some like something with a lot of garlic, like Italian or something like your palate's tainted. And then when you go trying to taste whiskeys, you're, you're off the board. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess well, before we go any further, we, we probably need to do a little pocket and wrist check because that's hmm. going to be probably pretty customary here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I see what's on your wrist already, but go ahead and tell us. What you what you're rocking there? Okay, hold on. Sorry. Oh, while well, you, I just, I just needed to have a minute with that old Forester. It just, yeah, fully aroused right now. Just that full, was that was a pretty gorgeous. obvious mouthgasm you just had. <laughs> Dude, so good, man. This <laughs> shit is so good. It is delicious. Um, wrist check is glycine combat sub golden eye. Got the. Uh, Taboo oh, diver on a leather band. On a leather band. And you know, it was funny. We were talking about that last time and you were saying, and I agree that there's a lot of people that have a hard time with divers on leather bands. My retort to that is a go fuck yourself. B <laughs> all the people that say that they sell divers on bands. Almost like the Oris. You can buy that on a leather band from Oris. Yep. So yep. it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I, th- I feel like people just get all butthurt about, oh, you can't put divers on a leather band. Okay, well, then tell fucking Oris that because they sell it on a leather band. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? No, it, uh, the whole watch community, no, okay, I don't want to make a big generalization like that, but the watch community at times can get very pretentious and very snooty about certain things. And right. at the, t- the same time, I'm like, I understand why you shouldn't wear leather on a diver, but also it just looks good. And that's kind of the point. So that's the thing, right? Um, but so, yeah, so glycine combat sub golden eye. I really love this watch. If, if anybody's watching this doesn't own and Taylor, I think you're on board with me on this. These combat sub for the money. They're such great watches. I'm, I'm about to sell my glycine. What? Yeah. Get the hell out of here. Why? Because I prefer a bracelet, and it comes on a 22-millimeter bracelet that doesn't taper at all. And so get, put it on some leather. It, nah. <laughs> He's like, nah. That was just a fucking hard. It wasn't even, eh, it was, nah. <laughs> I've, gone, I've gone full bracelet, and I, I don't plan to go back. I enjoy a bracelet. but The thing uh, is, the uh, movement in this thing is great. It's super low profile. It sits on your wrist really nicely. Sapphire crystal. I mean, it's got, it's just a good screw down bezel. I mean, it's just for the, and you can get them all day for like what? 250, 300. Yeah. No ballpark. Yeah. I mean, I love it. I think it's a great looking watch and then pocket check. Oh, well I'll do my wrist real quick. Oh, Uh, you want to do wrist before we go to pocket? Yeah. I'm rocking the marathon T-SAR on a bracelet because that's like what I'm wearing 50% of the time. I love this thing. It's a quartz watch but it is an absolute tank and it, tank. it can take anything. So that some, that's something I've talked about in the past, maybe even on this, like a live stream we've done. Um, everybody thinks this thing is super thick, but it's not. It's just that the ratio is off. The bezel oh, is really thick, but the case oh, is thin. It. That thing Dude, is thick. 
Dude, it's 14 millimeters. It's not that thick. Uh, that's not too bad. Yeah. I mean, 14, I mean, 15 millimeters is still pretty thick, a pretty thick watch. My Loria Neptune, which looks really thin, is just as thick as this thing. Really? Yeah. And that thing looks like a, a goddamn it, Lego on your wrist. It, it's an illusion. It, it's, <laughs> it's honestly an illusion. It's not that thick. Right. But it's it a just, good looking watch, though. I, I really like the thing. watch. I love I it. I like a thick uh, watch. I kind of want to, I want a GSAR, which is the automatic version of the same thing. But uh, I'm, I'm, I love having the quartz watch just because I have all these watches that I rotate between, and this thing, you never have to set it. I mean, it's, it, that's the nice thing about having a quartz in rotation is that it's one of those that I'm like, I want to switch a watch. I'll grab that one. And that's why I right. end up wearing it a lot of the time is I don't have to worry about setting it, whether it's lost time or anything. It's, it's just reliable. Old, that old is faithful. the thing about quartz. You old do faithful. have to set the old mechanical watches. Yeah, and you can break those. Like, if I'm doing some work, like, I was working on the trailer, and th- I think this may be what I was talking about last time I was talking about this watch, but I was working on my trailer, and I was hammering on things and, and wrenching things, and my wrist kept slipping and hitting the trailer, and I was wearing this thing. I didn't even, like, care because this thing is a tank. Like, it, it takes it, and it doesn't even look like I was wearing it. Like, it, it still looks new other than some scratches on the clasp, but uh, it, it can take a beating. Can I just say that this whiskey smells like banana bread with oranges or something in it and some cinnamon? God, can you twist your mustache when you say that? Because that's really. Dude, it smells so good. It smells so good. This this one here smells like bourbon. What I was going to ask you, (laughs) and I'll ruin it. Yeah. If you get any banana. Most no. people get no. banana and brown Foreman products. I know I do. Um, a lot of the old Forrester stuff, a lot of the other brown Foreman stuff, I get a very distinct banana note. I uh, have a very unrefined palate. So, well, you don't have an unrefined palate. You probably have the same problem I had is you, you haven't had enough diversity, right? Yeah. So the, yeah, the more yeah. different whiskeys you drink, you start, you don't, when you don't have a lot for comparison, everything kind of tastes the same. So you're like, ah, eh, it tastes like whiskey. But then the more right. you drink, you start, seeing that this tastes different than this and you can start picking out more flavors. No. And I went through that same kind of thing with coffee. Like Mm -hmm. if you've, if you've ever had a really nice coffee, you have two side by side and they taste totally different. But if you've not ever really tried a whole lot, they're both just kind of going to taste like coffee and you're not going to pick up on those nuances. And that's where I am with whiskey right now because hell for the last three years I've been Isla scotch. Well, Isla scotch and pounding IPAs. So fucking hipster you call me that and you've got fucking tie in your beard uh i I think it's funny people call me a hipster all the time and i'm like i think i'm too and i've said this before i think i'm too old to be a hipster nah are there hipsters that are over 40 is that a thing i i don't know maybe but i thought hipsters were younger people i I do feel like I, i either need to mail you a four pack of some good ipas or when I do finally come down there, just bring some. Because it's good to keep them cooled. You don't want them to get hot. So if you ship them, they get hot and they, they're not going to taste right. So I yeah. feel like I should ship you or I should bring some down whenever we we finally do that. Yes. I, I historically have not because, been a huge IPA fan. Usually they're a little hoppy for me. No, 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 no. So this, this past weekend we went to Raleigh and we went to a, a brewery called Barrel Culture. And they specialize in sours. Right. So uh-huh. uh, they had one. They, they only sell them when you go 
into the brewery. They only sell them in six and a half ounce pours, and they're about seven or eight dollars mm-hmm. for a, a six and a half ounce pour of a beer. And they're just so tart; they'll lock up your jaw. But they're they're really good. Actually, the one we had, uh, I didn't buy. I, I stuck to IPAs, but um, uh, Alex's brother in law got a uh, one of their sours, and it and it tasted like a wine. It drank like a wine, but it was more tart. Hmm. Um, which is that's why I like it because it's so different. It's, you get so much variety out of it. But they have an IPA. It's called Only Citra, and and similar to like I, I, I'm going to sound like an idiot here, but we'll, we'll compare it to coffee. Like um, no, that's actually a bad comparison. They use <laughs> one hop, so you have different styles of hops, right? Right. I guess it's not. It, it's like a blend in coffee, like using mm-hmm. different varietals of coffee and to make. Hmm a different blended roast Um, with beer. They mix different varieties of hops for the Mm -hmm. same effect. This beer is made with a single hop, which is called Citra. And it, you pour it in the glass. It looks like pineapple juice and you drink Mm. it. And it's very citrusy. It's not like tart or sour, but it it tastes, it drinks like a juice. It's thick. It's hazy. Like Mm. it's, I'm going to say, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you've not had anything quite like this. I probably haven't. Because here's the thing. Nathan, I, I, perfectly I, I know honest, it's a single hop beer. That's what I was explaining. Well, if I'm Get being perfectly here, honest, I'm not a huge beer guy. Right? I, I'm just not big into beer. I don't like the carbonation. makes me full. I'm kind of like, eh. I'll occasionally, and I know this is contradictory to my previous statement about making me full because this is probably the most filling beer ever. I do like a stout occasionally. <laughs> it's like a, a whole dessert in a can. But it's not as fizzy, right? Like, it's a different kind. It's not like as carbonated, I don't feel like, as... IPAs like, don't have to be. A, a, right. a, a New England IPA done properly is not very carbonated. Right. And I like the less carbonated. Um, but I also like darker flavors, which is why I like stouts. So, like, I don't really like citrusy beers and stuff like that so like that is probably fine but it's probably just not my thing you know what i mean Um, i would say hold that thought i mean hey i'll try it i'll try anything when 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 we first started talking you know it was also not your thing Hmm. scotch Mm -mm. uh yeah i really when we first started talking i wasn't a huge scotch guy i was much more on the just because i'd always been i'd been raised with bourbon right right, so I hadn't found a lot of scotches that I really loved. So this is but this is a similar thing. It, it, I found my home in the in the peat. Well, not even the peat, just the smoke. Because because I would say that most IPAs I would say are all right. They're okay. And and even a lot of the hazy IPAs, the New England IPAs, a lot of them aren't done right. They're just kind of unfiltered and and they they call them a hazy IPA. But if it's done right, it's like the difference between, uh, this is a bad comparison probably, but it's like the difference between like a monkey shoulder and, and Lagavulin or Ardbeg. Like it, it's that much of a difference. You just said day and night. I Yes. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I don't really care. And this might uh, offend half the people that are listening to this. I'm not a huge monkey shoulder fan. Shut your whore mouth. <laughs> shut your, you shut your whore. You got a no, dirty I, whore mouth. I like it. I, I like monkey shoulder i think it's a very good baseline scotch um and i and i'll drink it the first time i tried it i hated it i thought it was awful and then i came back to it several months later and i'm like no this is actually pretty good and i, I cleaned the bottle out it's okay 
I mean, I don't think it's bad. I just, I'm not like, it's not like I have a bottle of it. It's right there. Yep. Um, but if you can see, there's still quite a bit in it because, well, Hey, I got a lot of whiskey, so it's hard to really drink whole bottles cause I'd be an alcoholic, but, um, you're trying to say it's you're just not, not one. I, it's not one I reach for. Are you trying right? to say you're not? No, no. <laughs> okay. Hard, well. hard, full, full, full. No. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just not one I reach for. If I'm reaching for a scotch, it's normally Lagavulin, Ardbeg. Sometimes I'm in the mood for a Dalmore. Still haven't had it. Still haven't had Oban either. Like I need, I need to get back on it. Um, I, I went hardcore into into scotch. Spent way too much money in like four months, and then stopped. So that that's been like my journey with with whiskey. Like I like it. I'll have some if I go out. I'll get bottles of it, but I don't ever really drink a ton of it. I tend to just gravitate towards beer a lot of the time. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of the opposite. I'm a whiskey with the occasional beer. Yeah, that's why we balance but each other out. It I'm, is. I'm going to show you the way with beers. That's it. And I'm, I'm going to show you show the whiskey me. way. You can give me some IPAs that I could drink occasionally. We're going to get you smoking cigars. Uh, maybe. Maybe. You might get me carrying fixed blades because, I mean, we were supposed to talk about fixed blades at some point tonight. And we, yeah, uh, that was the original topic. Which we're 40 we can, minutes deep and we haven't even said the first thing. Well, okay, so let's finish our pocket dumps. I was trying to... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to roundabout get there because I've been carrying a fixed blade. <laughs> um, okay, well, let me just do... This is not going to be a surprise for anybody. Maybe it is because lately I've been carrying my spider code, but I'm back on my uh, brass. Oh, lately you've been carrying that mall ninja thing. Dude, that here's the thing people very positive all that video a lot of people say they love that knife and i agree well you may not like it you just outed a whole lot of people as mall ninja i'm just saying I, matter of fact i think i might be doing a limited custom me edition of that knife mm. brass scales come on with it come on come on brass scale satin finished blade you have firmly firmly planted yourself in the mall ninja camp Dude, I love it. Hey, to each their own, right? Like, yeah. I mean, if you like it, you like it. I, I think for I me, the it. biggest thing is the speed holes, right? Well, I it, honestly, I don't mind them, but I did say, I was talking to him, and if, in my version that I'm looking at making with them, I don't think I'm going to have those in there. I want, and I see, want, if you put brass scales on that and, and no speed holes, it, it immediately well, looks what, less small ninja. Well, and that's what we're doing, right? I'm taking the speed holes out. I'm putting a, bra- I'm putting a satin blade on it. Brass scales. It'll look like something you should shave with. Is what it'll look Dude, like. That right? I just I use it. I've been it's it's a good blade shape because it's not like a normal flat cleaver. It's got that little bit of curve to it, which I know you said makes that a little mall ninja ish. But that little bit of curve gives it enough belly to where it's a little better at slicing tasks than a normal cleaver. I just really like it, man. It's it's and I love the action. But anyway, that's what I'm carrying. My normal old uh, brass scaled bug out that is my my go to. Well, anybody who's been following along with me over on Instagram or the Discord server, you know that I've been carrying nothing but fixed blades all month long. Uh, we're three quarters of the way through the month, and I'm still going strong. I've not carried, I've carried other knives, but mainly just not use them. I don't reach for them. I don't use them there. They're just there because I'm bringing stuff from house to the office and, and whatnot. But in my pocket right now is the Pena X-Series clip fixed blade. Tiny mm. little knife, little itty-bitty thing. Uh, mm. But I've 
I've dedicated the entire month of August to carrying nothing but fixed blades, and I have other ones that I've been trying to put into rotation, and this is something that I wanted to, to talk about because I know that you kind of feel the same way. I picked mm-hmm. this up. This is the Giant Mouse uh, mm-hmm. GMF1. Sweet little sheep's foot fixed blade. Oh, wow. That's I, cool. I like that. I love this thing. Yep. I hate the sheath. Yeah, that, that sheath is no bueno, man. It's fine, except for mm. I don't want to carry it on my belt. I do not want to put mm. a knife on my belt. Uh, let's, be, let's agree that's not fine. So You're, be, there, you're being nice. It's not fine. There's some No, it is fine for, for how it, it fits, and I think the fit and finish on it is fine. But well, fit and this, finish and how fit, but it's just so square. It needs to have a little contour to it, not just to make it look like a freaking yeah, block. Yeah. When, I, when I pointed it out or I pulled it out into a video, I had the knife in here this way which apparently is the wrong way. And somebody's like, you got your knife in there backwards. I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to know which way <laughs> well, the knife the goes point, in here? Right? Cause it's a square. I think you should be able to put it in both ways. Like that's kind of the point. Regardless, uh, I want to be able to carry this knife. They have some aftermarket sheaths for it that have a clip on it. So how do you feel about a Kydex sheath? Uh, well, I've got some here. On Here's these the other knives. Here's the thing. Patina, patina, patina. I had to say that because I've been seeing people say patina in the comments. Oh, yeah. So I had to throw some patina, patina, patina. I had to throw a few of those out there. Y'all know I am a fucking patina junkie. I love all things patina. So leather, obviously, love it. But I will say, strictly utilitarian purpose-wise, is that a thing? Did I just fuck that totally up? I feel like I might have. Anyway, because you can make a kaida sheath where it clicks and it has better blade retention without having some kind of strap that you have to fumble fuck with to get it out. I feel like strictly functionally, sometimes Kydex is a little bit better material. Well, the only other knife that I've been able to carry successfully in this whole month has been this, which is the EDC one from BMKT. And it's a sweet little Bowie blade. uh, Perfect size for just a little EDC knife. I love this thing. Um, It's a little thicker. Which, which is not a bad thing. And it's got this kind of sheath. The retention on it is okay, but I did have to buy an ulti clip for it. So this ulti clip, it's extremely tight. Uh, this allows you to be like slide it over the edge of your pocket and then clamp it down. So when you pull or on, even inside your waistband, right? You could yeah, slip it in yeah, your yeah. waistband and click it. So when you, when you pull on it, the, the clip stays in place, which is nice. But I carried this for three Three days, and it shredded my pocket. Three days, and this clip shredded the pocket. Uh, yeah. So that's unfortunate. Um, this is it's the funny. One. I was talking to the Red Horse Knife Works guy when we were talking about the knife, about knives that are pocket shredders, right? Because you got some knives yeah. where the scales are super aggressive, and it just wears your pocket out. So I could easily just throw that clip on this one, too. But It's a good-looking knife. I love This is also from BMKT, but the same thing. This thing is going to shred my pocket and then this is the one that I, I'd love to carry. This is the Bradford Guardian three. Come on. See all the here's my thing since we're talking about and we I, I said we'd talk about this. So right. here's my problem with fixed blades. They're a pain in the ass to carry. Right. That's the thing. It's it's a little yes. they're they're just not always great to carry. However, I know it's that, a, no I I am one thousand percent agree. That's why I've never really carried them. Um, yeah, I've got the same one little, that you have. You have the the Travex Trek right there. 
I, yeah, I brought this one up here because it was the only one I could find. My favorite little, my favorite little fixed blade that I do occasionally carry is the Essie Azula. I really like that knife. I think it's it's a little brick shit house of a knife. You could literally use that thing to pry like something and not worry about breaking it because it's just it's just a little brick shit house of a knife, and it's small enough that you can EDC it fairly unencumbered, right? It's yep. not super bulky. So, like this is, I tried to carry this when Trayvac sent this to me and it's a little too big to carry. Like I tried to scout carry it and stuff and it's just, yep. I don't know, man, I feel like fucking commando wearing like a big ass fixed blade knife. Like if I'm camping or I'm out in the woods, fixed blade all day, right? Yep. Hunting, camping, anything like that, fixed blade bar none, but just beating around. Like it's kind of hard to carry. A fixed blade. I was in the exact same camp as you until I bought this thing. So this, that? Uh, that Pena, right? So the, Pena. oh yeah, that's a super small little knife though, it's right? It's small. It is small. It's not much bigger. I, I thought the giant mouse was going to be bigger, but the reason that this knife what, how is, is that so SC great. Azula like comparison? Uh, I'm not exactly sure how big the Azula is. This one's small. It's, uh, I mean, here's a small Sabenza next to that Pena. It's a small. Oh, so that's fucking tiny. It's very small. It's a three finger knife. So yeah, put that Azula, lanyard on there and you can get, I mean, I, I have no problem using it, holding it, but the reason it's okay to carry, it's got a uh, good ass clip yeah. on it. So yeah, I, I tossed this in the back pocket, clipped in my pocket. It has been, I've actually enjoyed this probably more than a folder. Honestly, the good honestly. thing about a fixed blade is, I mean, just sturdy. Right. Well, like, it's sturdy. There's no fiddling with a lock. There's you right. have no worry of it ever failing on you, really, other than if it, you bend or break it. You just but, snap the damn thing. But the beauty of it is, this is what I've been using for everything: opening packages, cutting string, cutting food, food prep, everything. I cut up steak the other night with this thing, like to cook into strips, Dude. tiny little strips. And the beauty oh. of it is, when you're done. Just wash the fucking thing. You don't have to worry about bearings or washers or pivots or anything. Just wash the whole damn thing and throw it back in the sheath. And it's been so good. So good. This is one of my favorite knives. Period. Um, Period. I know we're not answering comments during this part. We're going we're gonna to do a little answer like yep. part toward the end, right? We're going to do yeah, like yeah, a little yeah, 15, yeah. 20 minute read comment. Yep. So I want to revisit this because I'm curious to see how many people, because I started doing this back a while ago and I love it is using my knife for food prep more. Now I've always used my knife for like cutting up an apple or something like that, but I've recently started using it like with dinner and some people think that's a little weird, but a good sharp pocket knife with a steak, a million times brilliant. better than a steak knife. A million Dude, it's times so better. much better. It, it just, it's like, it's just like butter, man. Can I just it's so say- much nicer. Can I just say that serrated steak knives are the fucking worst? They're the worst. They're so bad. Like, why? Why would you ever have a serrated steak knife? It's um, horrible. Alex's dad, I think it was. Some, somebody in Alex's family bought a whole set of, of steak knives, and they were not serrated. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Now, please just sharpen them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, well, I'll the sharpen is, them for you. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though, right? Is a lot of kitchen knives get neglected. I'll sharpen my kitchen knives occasionally, but I keep my pocket knives pretty sharp. Yep. So, you know, you pull your pocket knife out, you open it up, you give it a little wipe just in case you got some fucking tape residue from opening boxes or whatever, and you go to work on that steak, man, and it is far better than 
any knife in my kitchen. And when you're done, you wipe it off, close it, put it back in your pocket. Yep. Right as rain. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And that, that is why I've enjoyed having this as my EDC knife so long uh, or this entire time is just the ease of it. Like it's so simple. That is one thing I think Travax might've had in mind when they designed this knife for those scallops. Just, it's just, I mean, it almost looks like a dinner knife, right? Yeah. Like the shape of it. It, and it does, it has these scallops in the blade that kind of keep food from those are, like, I think those are just to hide some milling lines, which they don't hide the <laughs> milling lines, but it, it probably is. But <laughs> you know how you've got some of those Japanese, uh, kitchen knives that have those scallops to help from like you're cutting tomatoes or something from getting locked on there. Yeah. Um, but I did use this and enjoy it for food prep. I thought it did really good job at food prep. Now I wrapped my handle with some paracord. I know you carried yours naked, right? When you were testing yours out. Um, I I think it's, it's not a bad little fixed blade. It's a little big for me to carry if I wasn't camping or something. Um, and if I'm remembering the price, I think it might be a little much for what it is. Yeah, I mean, but I in general, can't say I really, much because both of these, uh, as small as they are, both of these are like 130 ish dollars. So, uh, yeah, I mean, fixed I, I wish I, I wish I'd pulled the trigger on this one a long time ago. Um, the month is almost up. I might have to go over a month on this whole fixed blade carry thing because uh, Zach, I think, is sending me some fixed blades because he found out I'm doing these this this month long carry, um, and they're not here yet, and we're on. The 19th. So uh, mm-hmm. they might be here tomorrow, but USPS is kind of a cluster right now. So oh, they may not be here for another week. I, I don't know. But also, I want to give this knife a full shot with a better sheath. Because I, I actually think if I could get a sheath exactly like this Pena sheath for the Giant Mouse, I would probably like the Giant Mouse a little more because that sheep's foot blade. Um, yeah, the ergos, I, like the, I like the look of that. The ergos are good on both. Like they both really just kind of fit into your hand really well. But this one, I think, would be a little bit better for for EDC use. The only thing about this is there's no sharpening choil, uh, so that blade just kind of yeah. goes right up to the ricasso. There's no choil, which I make them kinda, in mine. That kind of sucks. But this one, I have a that um, blade just. The edge termination on this one is is much better. Why are we not? I have a tungsten carbide little bit. I forgot what what bit it's called, but it's a tungsten carbide bit for my Dremel. And it's just like a little, it's almost like a drill bit, but it's rounded at the end. So you can also kind of like go through stuff with it. And it is the perfect little sharpening notch maker. I've put sharpening notches in many of my Spyderco knives because I don't like it when it butts up. Yeah. What's that called right there? It goes down into the the blade stock. The what? The Ricasso. Ricasso? This right here. This So the, this, the flat part of the blade stock where the edge stops and the flat blade stock. That's yeah, called the Ricasso. So this right here is the Ricasso. Yes. Okay. This well, little, I don't like it when the sharpened edge butts right into the Ricasso. Because when you're sharpening that with a your stone grinds that shit and it's almost impossible not to Maybe I'm just bad at sharpening. I don't think so because I can sharpen the fuck out of a knife. But <laughs> but plunge grind. It, it, uh, yeah. So well, okay. So yes, plunge grind is probably probably a better term for that. The ricasso is this this unsharpened piece here is the ricasso. This would be your plunge line right here. Well, what I do is I take my Dremel that I have that's a tungsten carbide and I just go right there and I just put a little notch in there and it gives me a nice clean area that I can finish off my edge and it doesn't butt into that. A lot of knives cut that in there. 
Um, it takes like two seconds with a Dremel. Just and then yeah. when you're sharpening it, you don't have to jack with that. Well, I dig well, it. The the only problem is this one is already kind of small, so you're you're, you're cutting into the already small cutting surface. <laughs> so. You make that little notch, and you now have a point two five cutting edge. Yeah, I don't think you. I don't. I don't think I showed you. I don't. I don't have it right here. But uh, did you see that tiny little knife I had this week? Uh, I did. You post it on Instagram or something? Uh, it was in my video this week. But we know you don't watch my videos. So. I do. I have not watched any video. That's what I was going to say. I have been not on social media this week. I haven't I've watched YouTube. Same. I haven't been on Instagram because I've just been busy as a mofo. Yeah, I've been the same. I've not been on uh, on social a whole lot this week. I have not been. I haven't posted to Instagram in like two weeks. I need to tighten the fuck up. <laughs> You've been taking been too back. many smoke breaks. Uh, I work while I smoke, man. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times I'm shooting B-roll in this room. I don't stop. I just smoke cigars while I'm shooting. I don't know that I even got it. I don't think I have it with me. I think it's it's disappeared. It's run away because it's so small. This cigar is really good, too. It's the uh, this NBK. It's nice. I uh, I went with some pretty mild cigars again, which I st- see. Here's the thing: you went with mild cigars, right? But you are a coffee guy. Yeah, I think you should try some Maduros, man. Get some dark cigars. Don't be afraid of the dark cigar. Because here's the deal: a lot of dark cigars are sweet, chocolatey coffee flavors, right? So a lot of your Maduro wrappers have these chocolatey coffee notes, um, and I think you would probably enjoy the flavors of them. So you might want to, might want to try some Maduros, especially a Connecticut Broadleaf. That's one of my favorite wrappers. You can find something that has a Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper. Very nice. Well, uh, we'll see. I was actually going to call you when I was at the beach to to ask exactly how you do that V cut with a knife, because I didn't have a cigar uh, cutter with it's, me. It's 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 kind of easy to fuck up with a knife. Honestly, that's why they make V cutters. Well, if you don't have anything, then. If you don't have anything, you know what the best thing to do is? Your fingernail. Mm-hmm. You just, just take it, it and you press. It. You can see the cap around the top of the cigar. There's a little cap on top. The, you just take your nail, push in a little bit, and it'll pop, 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 pop. Just pop that top cap off. Works like a charm. Well, I do that sometimes just when I don't feel like cutting some. Well, this is not the knife that I was, I was trying to find. I do not know where that one is, but this is did you see this one little miniature balisong oh i did see that yeah you did some i saw that in something you posted i did see that uh i don't know i think i just posted it to my story maybe i'm not really that or maybe you showed it to me i think we had a conversation because i said it was like a little mini finger cutter offer (laughs) yeah it's pretty cool though it's completely useless but it's still pretty cool i've i've been on a very small knife kick lately like all of the knives that i've had in the past like month or two have been very small knives. I mean, uh, maybe I'm compensating, but I like a big knife. Well, small Sabenza. This one from, from Blade HQ, Guardian Tactical. Uh, this little Balasong, both of these fixed blades. I was carrying this one for a little bit. The bug out is about the smallest knife that I really enjoy carrying. And you call that other one a Mall Ninja? Yeah, this one's not Mall Ninja. That's a little, that looks like something out of the movie Predator. I'm just saying. That doesn't make it Mall Ninja. It's the speed holes, man. It's the speed. I like the speed holes, man. <laughs> and that's why you're a Mall Ninja. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I mean, there are some like, and we've, I've said this ad nauseum, right? So people are probably like, okay, Jeremy, we fucking get it. 
I like small knives if they're Jasper Voxnez knives, <laughs> right? Like yeah. he he has a weird oh. way of making a small knife feel really great so, and good. So I have a first from Jesper, not a first for him, but a first for me from Jesper. So I did a video on Jesper's new knives that are coming out. Uh, that was what I did yesterday. Uh-huh. But I compared it to a big knife from Jesper. I've never had a big knife from Jesper because he mostly does small knives. And I don't think you've seen this knife. You may have seen it in passing, but I have a feeling you're really going to like this thing. This is the Giant Mouse Ace Grand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The only thing I don't like about it, if if I'm being critical. The harpoon switch. I, I'm not 100% on board with that. And I feel like maybe it was the angle you were holding it at. It looks a little better now. I've got a weird thing about blade to knife or blade to handle ratios. Uh, it's got a pretty if long the, handle. but If the handle is way longer than the blade, it kind of weirds me out. It's just, well, I think it's just the, the way it looks sometimes. Yeah, no, because that's actually pretty good. There's not a lot of bluff yeah. in there. It might have been the angle you were holding it at. This thing is... It's a good-looking knife, though. This thing is sick. It's a tank. It, no, I like it. It's a it's a big knife, but uh, can't carry it, it. Can't use it because I'm fixed blade only for the next week at least. But, yeah, so I, I just... I don't know, right? So it's kind of that saying that a lot of people say, like, a big knife can do everything a small knife can do, but not vice versa, right? Um, I just, other than Jasper's knives, because I think he does a really good job of making Jesper. small knives. Huh? Jesper. Is it Jesper? I thought it was Jasper. It's Jesper. Is it Jesper? Oh, I've been saying his name wrong for like two years. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, imagine that. I pronounced something wrong. Fucking weird. Um, but um, yeah, he has a way of making small knives feel better and, and than they you know bigger than they are well, it's the, the ergonomics, ergonomics. And, and that's something i right. talked about in the video yesterday is ergonomics and the actual overall shape and lines and everything will make a knife feel much bigger than it sure. is or or better and like just just better than right. than one that's not shaped well a uh, good example of that is is this you call this mall ninja but the ergos on this thing are fantastic it's not a huge knife but it just fits in the hand perfectly. Like it, right. When you, when no, you, good. uh, and, and not to hate on this knife cause I love this knife. Um, but the ergonomics, I, I mentioned this when I did the, the Vero engineering video, the ergos on this dude, thing that, are the worst part. Yeah, dude, but goddamn, that knife looks good when the, with the micarta on it. Like it, uh, like, I think you showed me a non micarta handle version of that. And I was like, eh, it's okay. But as soon as you put the micarta on it, yeah, no, very, it, this thing's nice. sweet, but like it, it feels, it doesn't melt into your hand. I still like it. And, and even on the Sabenza, which is kind of like the, the, you know, the, the gold standard for knives, the ergos on it are, still gotta get a are good. The ergos are good. It fits in the hand. It's comfortable. But when you get to a, a Vox design, the, the contouring to your grip from Jesper mm-hmm. is just, it, it's aggressive. The shapes are aggressive, but they fit so well into well, see, your hand. That's why I like a PM2 so much, man. A PM2 feels great in your hand. Yep. And I think somebody had said in the comments, somebody had said, I was, I, that's one of my favorite knives. And I was saying blade to handle ratio. 
And and I guess the blade to handle ratio on a PM2 isn't great, but the handle feels so damn good. And the PM2, the blade's so tall or so it doesn't it doesn't look weird to me because the blade's thick, right? Not thick this way, but thick Wide. this way. So even Wide. though it's maybe not lengthwise, like I feel like there's a lot of blade there to kind of balance out. Yeah. Um yeah. but yeah, I mean it, probably not the best blade to handle ratio knife, but man, it's just the way that damn thumb swedge or what would you call that? Or the thumb ramp. That. Thumb ramp. The way that thumb ramp's jumped and it's just right there, your hand locks in. It's just a fucking great knife, man. It is great. Finished. I know. It only took me 52 minutes. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a little low myself. It's a pretty strong pour. Uh, someone is asking, I'll answer this because it's relevant, how I've been carrying this knife. And it has gone mostly in my, my right rear pocket, which is interesting because... So, for the longest time, I would carry a knife in my left rear pocket because I am predominantly right-handed with a knife. I'm a, I'm not fully ambidextrous, but I write left-handed, I eat left-handed, and I do some things left-handed, but... Jerk off left-handed? <laughs> yeah, sure, yes. I Actually, <laughs> I don't know, but... Uh, like, a stranger, man. When I was... Left-handed upside down. After you sit on your hand, of course. Uh, but like when I played baseball, I was right-handed. I batted right-handed. I threw with my right hand, played soccer. I kicked with my left foot. So everything is just kind of mixed for me. Um, but but the way it, that you carry a knife, if you're right-handed normally, is right hand tip up in your right front pocket or your left rear pocket so that the blade and this is common knowledge to anybody who's into knives, but for those of you who aren't, the blade rests against the edge of your pocket. If you have the knife in your left front pocket, uh, it's still actually faced this way, but it's butted up against your pocket this way, and theoretically, it still has the ability to open in your pocket. So that's why you would carry it in your front right or left rear. Front right, obviously, is much more accessible. And, of course, with a knife that has, not this one, but a knife that has a reversible pocket clip, if you wanted, you could carry it right rear pocket and switch the clip, and it should still butt up against the edge of your pocket. But uh, I do want to cover two things while we're on that topic real quick. One, anybody who carries tip down is ridiculous. Okay, the only reason, and people have jumped on me on the comments because I've made this comment before, and people are like, oh, where my blood? The only reason you can carry tip down is if you're carrying it like in a tactical vest and you're on fucking SWAT or something. Because if you're pulling it out up here, it makes sense for it to be that direction. If you're pulling it out from your pocket, it only makes sense for it to be tip up. Um, like, just shut up. The only reason yeah. that I would say it's acceptable is if you have a wave, right? So the wave opener. Well, yeah, but I have wave knives and they're still tip up. Is that tip up? It is tip up. Never mind. Yeah, Take it back. There, there, there's, there's no fucking I've reason I've never owned a wave knife, down. and I, I don't want to because they're a little tactical. Um, um <laughs> I have a Spyderco that was wave. It was a Delica that they made with a wave feature. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so tip up. Just fuck all the other stuff. <laughs> a, tell me how you really tip feel. up. Stop with the tip down nonsense. Tip up for life. Hashtag. Fuck everybody else. I'm just kidding. I love everybody, but seriously, fuck everybody. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so tip up. We stop that shit. And the other shit, I got off on the tip up thing. I forgot what my other point was with that shit. There was another point that I was going to make. 
Oh, I'm sure there was. But it was but, something to do with carrying knives. Uh, but you're like 300 years old, so you're you're forgiven for your poor memory. I am memory. 250. Calm down. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, uh, what I was getting at is it is much more convenient to have the knife on your right hand side if you're right handed. Obviously, so left rear pocket would mean that I would pull the knife out of my pocket with my left hand and then have to switch hands and then use the knife. And, you know, I did that because with a bigger knife, it's sometimes more comfortable to have it in your back pocket. But with this fixed blade in this sheath with a clip, I'm able to put it in my back pocket on the right side. And that is the most comfortable and convenient place for it. It's been great. I actually really, really like having it there. Um, I am able to put it in the back pocket carry. Yeah, it's been great. Like, I, I've been carrying my my knives right front pocket for a long time, uh, probably about a year now. Before mm-hmm. it was always left rear, but uh, no, I really like right rear pocket for a fixed blade. Works really, really oh. well. Now, if only more tiny fixed blades would come with with sheaths like this, every single one should have a sheath like this. This, no. I do not want a belt loop on my sheath for a small fixed blade. For a big fixed blade, sure. Small, no. And and even if it is this one, like, I don't know. I haven't tried putting this on a belt just because I just kind of don't want to. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, the good thing about this one is if I do put it on a belt, at least it rides really, really low, right? The blade's only sticking out about a half inch, maybe a little more than a half inch past where the belt loop is. So that's good, uh, but also... It's a little weird. Yeah. I'm still in the fence with fixed blades. I think they're great for certain things. For everyday carry, just beating around, I still say folders are the way to go, man. Fixed blades definitely have a place, yeah. but it's just, there's just a lot I mean, of. I agree. Okay. There's also like a big factor of like, you can't fidget with this, right? right? You fidget with this, you're going to cut yourself. Like I find myself For sure. sitting here at, like watching TV at night, just kind of doing this. And I'm like, wait, that's a sharp blade. What am I doing? I'm going to drop this well, and it's going to land in my leg. <laughs> what's the deal with the legalities of that also? So yeah, that's another thing um, in North Carolina. Cause I know a lot of people, Oh, that was the other thing. Sorry, totally derailed, but I did. But that's the other thing that I get comments on videos all the time. And everybody that says this, I just want to like grab through the screen and just, I get comment and I think it's people from other countries primarily. Um, I'm assuming because some of the comments they said they were from other countries is they're like, why do you feel the need to carry a knife every day? Yeah, I get that. I get that comment a lot. And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, my answer is always to cut things. Well, right. (laughs) Like Like, it's the most stupid, simple answer. Like why would, why else would I have a knife? Right. And they're like, well, why? And then I have had some people say, why do you feel the need to carry that for protection? And I'm like, I don't carry a knife for protection. I carry a gun for protection. I carry a knife to cut things. I cut thread off my clothes. I clean my nails. I cut my food. I open boxes. I open mail. A hundred things in a day. Cut string. I mean, I open uh, tripods. I take them on. Typically what I my answer is, is I say, to answer your question, you are typically the kind of person that it has to ask a person like me to borrow a knife. Right. It's and, just and like, if you can't I, understand that, they, they probably don't even get it even when they are asking someone for a knife, but still. Yeah. It just, I don't, 
I don't I don't understand that question, and I get it quite often. Well, and it, it frustrates it's me. It's not normal for a lot of people to carry a knife. Like that's crazy to me. I've I know. carried a knife since I was like eight. Yeah, yeah. I picked out my first knife when I was six years old. It was a little Barlow. I picked it out in a hardware store, and I carried right. it. I carried a little Swiss Army knife. Yeah, I carried it every day except for the days I was at school. Like I couldn't carry it when I was at school. I'd come home and go straight in my pocket. Yeah, and some days I'd go to school with it in my pocket and be like, "Oh shit." And then I would act like I was right. in trouble well, all day and nowadays, like, try to hide it. I'm like sitting at my desk acting like nothing's wrong. Like I'm such an idiot, but nobody knows I have a knife in my See, pocket. See, when I was a kid, they didn't even care. If you had like a little Swiss Army knife Okay, with Jeremy, you school, that was like, like the 1800s though. I'm just saying they, they, they wouldn't. Now, nowadays they would. Yeah, you had to protect um, yourself now when I was from high like school, bears and stuff back then. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, that was just, I, I didn't mean to derail you there, but that was the second part of my tip down tip up thing that i wanted to get to is this question of people asking me all the time why do you carry a knife i'm actually going to make a video just so every time somebody asks me that i can just put the link and just say here watch this the whole because the there's whole a video, million things i use a knife for the whole video should just be like a really tight shot of your face and it should say because i want to asshole <laughs> yeah. that's it that should be the whole video but just to cut things just make it leave it unlisted and that be your reply yeah, just <laughs> but thing. Uh, to answer the question about legality, uh, oh, that's yeah, been one of the reasons I haven't carried a fixed blade in so long, and that's one of the reasons I bought this without even hesitating. I didn't even know that Enrique was launching these, and I just clicked the link as soon as I saw it because I saw this sheath. So the thing about North Carolina is it is illegal to conceal carry a fixed blade, which one most fixed blades are too big to conceal carry anyway, so it's not really an issue. Um, and I don't think most cops or anybody would give you a hard time if you have a fixed blade. Uh, I think it's right. mostly if you're doing something you shouldn't be doing and you're concealing a fixed blade. Right. You know, they're going to throw the funny. book at you. What? Somebody brought that up the other day talking about cops and giving you heat. The whole mask thing. So I'm a concealed carry, right? I have my yeah, concealed yeah, carry. Yeah. I carry a gun pretty much every day. Supposedly in Florida, I don't know if this is nationwide, it's illegal to have on a mask and carry a gun. Yeah, so they put a temporary hold. Amendment. Yeah, yeah, for North Carolina, they did. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because, I, and I didn't even think about that, and I'm like, because I've been going out. I, I don't go out much, but when I do go out, I wear a mask and everything, and I didn't even think about it, because if I leave the house, I've got my gun. And um, I was like, oh, man, I didn't think about that, but, like, you're rolling into a place with sunglasses, a mask, and a hat, dude. You're like full on like rob the joint looking like and then you got a gun on you that's super sketchy i didn't even think about it yeah uh but with, with, with the fixed blades like i mean most fixed blades are too big to conceal anyway you're probably not ever going to get any flack from a, a police officer or anybody unless you're doing something you shouldn't be doing and you're concealed carrying it and that law i think is mostly in there for them to throw the book at you if you do something stupid like that, right? right? Like, right. if you rob a bank and you got a concealed fixed blade, they're going to throw everything they can find at you and, and you know, put you under the prison, you know, like... Right. But, but for just a, an upstanding citizen who is carrying a knife because they need it or want it and they're not doing anything bad, right. you're probably never going to be even bothered by a police officer, especially not here in North Carolina. But for me, just stay within the law. I have just refrained from carrying fixed blades. I've carried a few just... You know, from time to time, like, uh, well, you know, this, the reason I, I said scout that. carried this for a little bit on my belt because I mean, it's very small, but I don't like that. I don't like scout carrying an everyday, everyday knife. Like if I'm camping, sure. 
I'll scout carry all day, but for every day, it's not that it's very uncomfortable. I'm always sitting down and it's just, it's not comfortable anyway. Um, well, the reason I said that though, is along with the, why do you carry a pocket knife comment? I get a lot of comments of, Oh, I wish I could carry that. But in my country, like we locking knives are just a no bueno. Yeah. So if a knocking, a locking knife is no bueno, then obviously a fixed blade, probably no bueno. No. Also, we, we were right? talking about that in my discord server, uh, earlier this week, like, fixed blades or actually just knives in general in the UK are becoming a very, very, very taboo. Um, there, there's a, a running joke because there was some police force in the UK somewhere that confiscated a bunch of dangerous weapons. And in the photo was an old rusty like spoon. Butter knives. It was a spoon. <laughs> that was, that was the dangerous, dangerous weapon. Uh, but yeah, no, I just there, don't there was it, also, man. it was in, I think New Zealand or Australia, there was a sticker. It's a legitimate thing. There was a like a supermarket, and you could not buy plastic like cutlery, plastic knives unless you were sixteen or eighteen years old. Jesus plastic knife, like I can't cut a steak with that. You try to cut something with it, and it breaks. It's not dangerous. It's more dangerous to the person using it than what they would try to do with it. You know, like uh, Dude, this but, just, I don't get. But that's that's just kind of the way that some of the world is going. But for me. Because of this sheath and the way that it is made, I can open carry this easily without having some dangly shit off my my belt. So technically, based on previous law, so I guess you would call that uh, precedent, based on precedent, um, a pocket clip is, in theory, enough to, to designate something as open carry. So the way that I think North Carolina goes about proving that you're trying to conceal something is that they have the, the it's the state like if they were to try to to hit you with a book here they would have to prove that you were trying to conceal something and a pocket clip is enough to say this is out in the open this is enough to say he's not trying to conceal that um, and it's right. also not considered concealed if you carry it in a backpack because it makes it more difficult to get to you're not trying to conceal it you're technically just traveling with it so, so right. th- I, I've read up on the laws, just trying to understand. And North Carolina's knife laws are arbitrary and very, very knife laws to me. I mean, I, I try gray. not to get too very political gray. on social media because I don't want to like get into a shitstorm of political stuff because I just feel like in today's world, with how sensitive everybody is, it's a dangerous thing. But like You'll knife laws, I mean, man. On. Yeah, I mean, just knife laws. Come on, knives. Like, come on. Like, okay, fine. If somebody's carrying around like a fucking sword, then okay. So you're not allowed to carry anything fixed blade over 10 inches. Okay. Cause I mean, really <laughs> like, you know, whatever, but like a pocket knife, man. Like, yeah. And how what? silly, how silly would it be if, it, okay. So for this, the way I carried this when I was carrying it this month was I put it in my pocket. So technically that's concealed. Technically I was breaking the law. But how funny and silly would it be for me to be charged with concealing a dangerous fixed blade and it's this. Right. Like, I mean, it's just the whole like, knife law. It's like in some of these countries that have laws like it can't be a locking blade. And it's like, what does it matter if it's locking? Like, I guess you it's well, if you stab somebody, it could close on your finger. But I mean, if you really want to kill somebody, 
you're going to figure out how to do it with a knife, whether it locks or not. You cut their damn throat. If you're gonna, you could do that with a freaking If you're going to use a knife razor. as a weapon in a country where locking blades are illegal, you're probably not going to use an EDC knife, right? You're going to use a kitchen knife, which is what most well, right. most laws or, or most, how would you say this, most crimes committed with knives are with kitchen knives, not pocket knives. Right. So I just, I guess that's my point of, I just think some of these laws are a little crazy. I just think they're silly. They are. Like, they are. Again, I don't want to get into politics. I don't want to offend anybody or get anybody in uproar, but it's just like everybody just needs to calm the fuck down a little bit. Like, it's, it's a, it's a tool. Yeah. It's not a weapon. It's a tool. I have never, now, is it a, is it a last ditch effort self defense item? I guess. But here's the thing I don't want to get into a knife fight with anybody. That doesn't end well for anybody. Right? I wouldn't want to fight anybody with this shit. I mean, I would throw it at them. <laughs> right. It's a tool. I use a knife to clean my nails, to take tripods off of cameras, to cut a fucking apple for my kids. Like, I, 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 I'm not going to go mug somebody and be like, hey. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like there are much better things to use than a little puny-ass fucking pocket knife if you're going to do criminal activity. Well, some, some pocket knives aren't puny-ass pocket knives, but... You know, well, right. well, yeah, I got that cold steel Voyager XL. It's like a goddamn pocket machete. You could be like uh, Lynn Thompson and and be EDCing two Espada XLs. That's well, that's like that he, Voyager XL I have, dude. That thing's like whack. It's like well, <laughs> like that. He, he uh, the Espada XL is like fourteen, yeah. fifteen inches long, open or something. It's some stupid number, and he EDCs two of them that's crazy carries both of that's them crazy. in waistband and then he has obviously like six other knives and that that's another thing like i, I always feel weird about carrying so many knives some i mean when i'm my, my technical carry is usually one knife right maybe a second knife on a, a little multi-tool like a, a leatherman squirt or micra or something like that a little victorinox but typically i just carry one knife i could see myself after right. this whole month with a fixed blade keeping this in my pocket and keeping this as like just a food prep knife could totally Mm -hmm. see that but sometimes especially when i'm just like coming between the house and here and i didn't bring my backpack with me like i'll stop by the coffee shop and i've got like four knives clipped to my pocket in the like front right and then i've got one in my back pocket and then i got my multi-tool you know and it's it always feels so weird i pretty regularly carry two i pretty not all the time but it's not uncommon for me to have two like a slip joint or a um Swiss Army knife of some nature, and then like a locking, like you know, Spiderco, Benchmade, whatever. Oh, it's it's not uncommon for me to have two. Speaking of of EDC knives that are great for food prep, uh, this one right here has to be the best. Well, that's the thing about slip this joints, right? They, so they're great big, food though. prep knives because they're slicey. They're usually a lot slicier than most locking. The Spada knives. XL is seventeen inches. Dude, that is that's a <laughs> that's what she said. This this is a a slip joint that is uh nine, it's right at nine inches. That's a big ass. Slip it's bigger joint. than a fucking cigar than, keeps going out. It's bigger than a paramilitary too. That's really. This is a that's impressive. This is a big ass slip joint. It's like a Coke a bottle. Paramilitary two is not a small knife. No, it's a Coke bottle. That's the pattern number ninety seven or ninety two. I think it's number ninety seven. A beaver tail. This thing is so sweet. <laughs> I love it. It's hard to carry. I don't know how to carry this thing. Needs, it needs a pocket sheath, like with a clip. Any one of these. You know, I need one of these for, like, all of my fixed blades. All of my EDC knives. Mm. I got to start smoking this thing and talking less because it keeps going out. No, what you need to do is is uh, 
is light up that uh what was it texas dude that thing is like a hall you gotta show it you have to show it it's alec it's an alec bradley cigar and it's more of a joke i think than anything else Hold you, on. you called it a texas is a rapino i can't remember exactly what he called it that is not the word rapino is not the word um i'm trying to think i don't know what it was but this thing is like I don't know. It's like an inch and a quarter, inch and a half in diameter. Maybe an inch. I don't know. It's huge. I, I swear he's not listening right now, but I swear he needs to to light this thing up on the podcast sometime and smoke it. I said, I swear that you need to, to light Lancero. That's the word. Why did I say Rapino? That's not even a word. Uh, I said you need to light this thing up and smoke it on the podcast sometime. There's no way it's too phallic. I will never put this thing in my mouth. You should do it. Well, like it is the size of somebody's hog. Like no doubt. Like this thing. Like, look. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like this thing's ridiculous, bro. You should. There is no fucking way I'm smoking this. Smoke it. And it's it's called a Texas Lancero. Um, I was telling. Uh, Taylor about this before the podcast because I didn't figure he was familiar with cigar sizes because he's not a huge cigar guy but for any of you guys that are cigar guys you'll know what a Lancero is but for any of you guys that are not Lanceros are technically small thin not necessarily small they can be longer but they're a thin ring gauge uh, type cigar called a Lancero this is called a Texas Lancero as a joke because this is probably a fucking 80 ring gauge I mean this thing is legit I the only thing I remembered about it was Texas and that the, the second word ended in O. Uh, dude, like, <laughs> that's all I remember. I could not smoke this and feel okay about myself. You, is this like, it, like, will a cigar cutter even fit over it? Or do you just like, I have to shave off slowly at the end? I have a cigar cutter downstairs that I think would cut it or some cigar you scissors. You could put it in your guillotine, uh, cigar- you know, if you, if it you just have fit, one. It, you couldn't, it wouldn't fit in my V cutter. Um, it wouldn't fit in this, uh, cutter here this cutter i mean you could probably cut enough off to get it to smoke but i mean it, it you would just i mean come on dude like nah uh-uh nope you know what guys i keep that as a conversation piece only there's no way i'm ever smoking that we thing. are gonna have to do something with the podcast where when we hit a milestone or something jeremy smokes that on i gotta on, smoke that big son bitch yes whether it's the channel hitting 100,000 subscribers or I, I don't know. When we get monetization well, the, or I, I don't know. Whatever it is, we're going to come up with something. You're going to smoke that thing live. The one good thing is <laughs> I've got enough mustache that would kind of cover up the fact that I'm smiling like a circus seal. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, someone, someone said punch cut it. And probably that yeah, probably be you could the best definitely, thing You could do. punch cut it for sure. You could punch cut it. I think I, I, you could. You could do the whole thing we were talking about earlier with your fingernail and just get the cap off. Um, but I mean, dude, it's, I mean, it would, it's so phallic. It would just feel weird to smoke a cigar that large. I know you say I'm that, a smaller ring gauge kind of guy. We, anyway. we hopped on the podcast. I said it would feel pretty natural to you though. Right. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm not going to offend anybody on here. Um, because you know, again, people get offended easily. Um, but, uh, I am typically a smaller ring gauge cigar smoker. Anyway, I like that. So I like that. Ryan Patrick said 1000 viewers live watching and you smoke it. Hmm. 1000 viewers. Now that's can, 
well, how do they word concurrent. that? Right? Yeah. Concurrent. concurrent. Yeah. Uh, not just a thousand. Cause you could hit a thousand. We've hit a thousand in podcasts. Yeah, they, they usually have a thousand before we're done. Right. Concurrent. I mean, viewers concurrent while viewers. we're streaming a thousand concurrent viewers while we're streaming. I'll, smack my face with a dildo on camera like it doesn't matter to me I, okay you know what somebody I mean? write like, that down we're gonna save that <laughs> one too <Can> we? <laughs> um i will I'll, i mean i'll smoke it, it here's the thing right there's no way this can be good because it's gonna hurt your fucking jaw trying to it's smoke like it the, it's like that what is it what do they call that uh, that challenge where you use like a uh the tube from a roll of t- paper towels and you uh, stick uh-huh. it down into the liquid and try to use that as a straw. There's a name yeah, for dude, it for a challenge, but have you ever seen anybody do that? No. Okay. So the whole idea is to use a paper towel roll, like the tube as a straw. So you put it in a glass of water or whatever and, and try to drink from it. But what it does is when you open your mouth like that and you, you inhale or try to suck, it opens up your esophagus and you just like, siphon that shit straight down your throat <laughs> and it it's basically like waterboarding it, it you're basically <laughs> drowning for a split second and it, i know some girls that could do it <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure Jeremy. i know some girls that could suck start a harley <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah didn't expect that one today i also didn't expect to be talking about <laughs> sucking things down big straws or let let me rephrase. I knew some girls. I'm a happily married man for uh, almost 12 years now. So naturally, um, naturally, this was uh, that's long was, in my past. Uh, this was pre beard my heyday. Jeremy. Yes, this is back in the day. Um, but yeah, I um, it just you're gonna have to unhinge your jaw like an anaconda to smoke that thing, right? Like it's just not gonna be a comfortable. It's it's not gonna be a comfortable smoke. Well, um, we get 1,000 concurrence and you were smoking that shit. We get, I will save that, and if we get a thousand concurrent, I will spark that bitch up like it's my I job. I would happily bring a cigar and smoke in here, but this is one very poorly ventilated. Like there is no ventilation here whatsoever, and it's also already hot in here and very muggy and stagnant because there's very little moving air. I don't feel like it would be a very good environment to smoke much of anything. Yeah, you know that's the thing, right? So smoking cigars, there's been lots of studies that you can smoke up to couple several cigars a day and it's not really negligible health thing right a lot of people confuse this right people say oh well isn't smoking cigars really bad for you you know how can you be about like working out and being healthy and smoke cigars and i'm like i don't think a lot of people aren't aware you don't inhale cigars i'm amazed at the amount of people that don't know that they ask like hey i'm starting smoking cigars or whatever are you supposed to inhale them no oh, it doesn't feel do good not when you inhale do. cigars no, I did it earlier today by accident, and I was like, <laughs> "You know, you feel like you're about to die." So, and the last, I was an ex-cigarette smoker. The last, uh, the last cigar I smoked, I was getting into a pool, and I had it in my hand, and like, I don't know, something. I think I just cannonballed or something. We were drinking uh-huh. a bunch of beer. Like I'd had probably ten really high gravity IPAs that day. I was, uh-huh. I was feeling it, and I was in a pool smoking a cigar. But I did a cannonball and swam and then i'm kind of like still breathing a little heavy and i'm like right just trying to to just take a little puff and i like full lunged that shit just (gasps) (laughs) dude it sucked (laughs) dude it's bad day and look like i said i was a smoker for years i haven't smoked since 
before my second kid was born. So it's been 10, 12 years since I've smoked, but I did used to smoke cigarettes. Um, dabbled in the wacky tobacco when I was younger and all kinds. So I am not uncon inhaling smoke is not something my lungs are not a hundred percent unused to, right? Like it's something that it's I'm familiar with, but still, if you, a cigar will choke you to death. It is not meant to be inhaled. It is meant to be brought into the mouth and blown out. And you just, it's just for the flavor, right? The flavor, the texture, all that. So, you know, it's, Smoking cigars in a well-ventilated area, couple a day, negligible health problems, right? Like, is it as healthy as not smoking? I mean, obviously not. There are some risks involved. You are getting smoke in your mouth, so there's some slight risks of, like, mouth cancer, stuff like that. But it's extremely negligible. It's nothing remotely close to the same as smoking cigarettes. And... To your point, the reason I brought it up is you need to be in a well-ventilated area, yeah, right? If you're I in a room not. that's not ventilated and you're smoking a cigar, then you're just going to be breathing in all that smoke, and it's it's not good for you. I have fans that take it's 780 cubic feet per minute exhaust fans in this room. So it's moving 780 cubic feet of air a minute. And this room is only a 12 by 12 room. So, I mean, it is fucking pulling some air out of here. And I've got an air cleaner that has charcoal filters and cleaners and stuff like that. So you need to be in a well-ventilated air. That's just a quick public service announcement. If you smoke cigars, smoke them outside or in a well-ventilated area. Don't smoke them in a room with no ventilation. Yeah. Well, that's why I probably will not be smoking cigars on this podcast at all, because mm. this space is not at all. It's not good for you, man. It's not good for you. It's not. You don't want to be breathing that shit in. But uh, if I move spaces, which right now there is no update on on current studio prospects. Um, but if I move spaces, maybe. We'll see. But currently. Get a rabbit air, man. Somebody had mentioned, and again, this is, I know we're not doing comments yet. Um, you have been the whole podcast, though. <laughs> only a few, though. I've been ignoring a bunch of them. Uh, and it's been hard because I see them and I'm like, oh, I want to respond to that. Um you could get a rabbit air. That would help a lot. That's what I have in here. I have a rabbit air and then I have exhaust fans. What would, uh, what would be great is to be able to like queue up comments that we saw, you know, like, yeah, I know. I wish there was a way to like tag is like, go back to later or something. Yeah, that's, but that's not a feature. Um, and also like somebody we, we'd be tagging stuff from the beginning and then mentioning it. And that person's probably if, gone. So whatever. It's, right. But, it'd be weird. Yeah, uh, It's just, uh, you could possibly just, do a rabbit air. Somebody had mentioned rabbit air and yes, I do have a rabbit air in here. Um, Rabbit air is not perfect by itself. Um, I still think you need to exhaust some of that smoke out of a room for it to really be a good environment, but um, a rabbit air definitely helps for sure. For sure. It's got a charcoal filter and like a really fine filter, so it it filters out the smoke particulates and it goes through a charcoal filter to kind of neutralize it and stuff. It's actually got multiple, I think five or six layers of filtering. Yeah, well, here I've got um, smoke stain ceiling tiles because... The last time somebody used this office was probably late nineties, I think, and it smelled like smoke when I moved in. So, well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned the smoke stained tiles because we're talking about smoking indoors and how I used to be a smoker and stuff. We were bringing this up to my kids the other day. That they had asked me if I smoked cigarettes, and I was like, "Yeah," when I was younger. And they said, "Well, when did you start smoking?" And I said, "When I was like fourteen or 15. And they were like, "What?" Like, but you have to understand something. 
and I know you're going to make a fucking smart remark, so I'm just waiting for it to happen. This was the 1800s. But, <laughs> <laughs> I fucking knew it was coming. But when I was 14 or 15, literally everybody smoked. Like it, today, it's weird to smoke cigarettes, right? Like well, in America, very small percentage in, in America. You go to right. Germany, in other countries, Japan, other places, they still right. smoke them like freight trains sometimes. Well, but yeah, in America. The, the the percentage of the population that smokes is I mean what less than five percent I mean it's, it's got I don't know the it's numbers, plummeted but, but I mean it, you also have to to realize I come from a massive massive tobacco town I grew up in right. King North Carolina which is a a suburb of Winston Salem Winston Salem meaning Winston Salem cigarettes like right. <laughs> the whole town the whole city was built around RJR which is was I guess not probably still not but was one of three or four massive, massive tobacco companies that was producing cigarettes. Oh, sure. So uh, I grew up on a tobacco farm. I, I grew up around it, and nobody right. in my family touched it but except for my grandpa. But, uh, yeah, it, it just everybody around smoked. Just There are well, people was, with that was, camel tattoos, like, like Joe well, Camel. I mean, Joe. when I was a kid, it was not that weird to smoke. Like, I tell my kids the story, when my mom had me, the the nurse after i was born i'm a little baby just in the bassinet next to the bed i was just born like hours old and the nurse says you know now that i was what do you need and she said can i have a cup of coffee and a cigarette and they brought her a cup of coffee and she smoked a cigarette in the hospital bed with a newborn baby next to her and they probably nobody thought anything about it probably like stuck the cigarette in your mouth for a split second you know just to get you acclimated (laughs) <laughs> right. Nobody thought anything about it back then. Right. Cause they didn't know the stuff that we know mm-hmm. about cigarette smoking now. So, I mean, my kids get really like sticker shock about not sticker shock. That's the wrong word, but they get like, Oh, you know, about like the smoking. And I have to explain to them that it was such a different time yeah. back then with cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody smoked. If you look at movies from the eighties, everybody in the movies are smoking. You know what I mean? It's, it was a different, it was, and a different it, it was so jarring for me because I mean, when I was growing up, people would smoke indoors everywhere mm. you go to a restaurant and people, we smoked smoking. You, people smoked indoors yeah. everywhere and then right. they made statewide bans like north carolina banned it statewide you cannot smoke indoors unless obviously it's your own private property but like right florida has yeah, that too. Uh, uh, but not every state's like that you go to nevada and you, you go to las vegas you can still smoke inside the, I, I don't know if you can now but last time i went to las vegas you could still smoke inside the casinos so i'm like i walk in and i'm just hit with a wave of cigarette smoke, and it's just like, oh yeah, what? I can Did remember. I just like time I can remember going back to, ten years. What happened? I can remember going to clubs and bars and stuff back in the day, man. And your eyes burned so bad after you had been in there for a couple hours because there's so much smoke in the air that you're just like, oh my god, my eyes feel like they're on fire. Yeah, it, but yeah, and uh, all that Brazen, being said, Brazen said you used to go to a say, restaurant and they'd ask you smoking section or non-smoking. That dude, I totally forgot about that. That's true. No, I was actually going to bring that yeah. up. There are still states that have that. Wow. I forgot who it was that I was talking to recently, and they traveled somewhere, and they were like, dude, you won't believe this. I went into a restaurant, and they were like, smoking or not? And I was like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> like, they still do. That was a common place. I used to smoke in the mall here. Yeah, it's like, so weird. Yeah, it's- I can remember being 16 years old, going down to the beach, going surfing. We'd leave the beach after surfing. We would go to Taco Bell, get some bean burritos because they were the cheapest thing to fill you up when you're 16 and you're broke. And we would eat a couple bean burritos and sit in there and shoot the shit and smoke cigarettes in Taco Bell before we would go home. I mean, it was just, it, 
talk fast food, you could smoke everywhere. There was no place you couldn't smoke. You yeah. could smoke in fucking hospitals yeah. for God's sake. Right. Like such a such a different time now. Like now mm-hmm. we we went to um the beach. I guess it was last year, maybe the year before. Could have been three years ago. I don't know. But a lot of beaches, I mean, just people just don't smoke on the beach. I, I don't know if it's not allowed. I don't know if people just don't out of courtesy. Highly unlikely because nobody's courteous anymore. But we went to a beach we'd not gone to in a long time. I think it was Garden City. Uh, that was one of the ones I was telling you about earlier that got hammered by a hurricane. Um, they, we went out on the beach. This is like, Garden City is basically North Myrtle. And North Myrtle and South Myrtle, they have the the nicknames Dirty Myrtle. Um, and we were walking out to just set up our little set. or I don't know what you call it. Or umbrella and just spread out and there's broken glass in the sand there's all sorts of trash and shit in the sand but there's just that's just assholes yeah but dude there's cigarettes everywhere i mean you couldn't look in a single direction and look down at the sand and not see dozens of cigarette butts and it was just it wasn't just like we found this ashtray spot on the beach it was the whole beach like it was just everywhere so some places are still kind of rude people. <laughs> it's just rude people. Yeah. It's like, dude, don't, don't litter. Come on. I mean, you know, I'm not like a hippie by any means, but I mean, just don't fucking litter. Come on. Let's, let's be real. That, that's just being inconsiderate to your fellow man. <laughs> that's, I know, I know we're not doing comments yet, but we might as well start. Uh, Dan Hebbington said we banned smoking in Scotland in 2007. Jesus, the pubs really stunk after that. The smoke mask, the, st- the stale spilled beer smell. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. There are probably a lot of smells in pubs that you would, probably, it's good to have a little smoke to cover that up. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You want to start taking some comments for a little while? Cause we've been going for an hour, hour and, and 20. And so we'll, we'll do 15, 20 minutes of comments yeah, and then sure. start trying to Go wrap ahead it and up. Ask us some questions. We'll, uh, we'll get to as many as we can in the next 15 or 20 minutes. And then we'll, we'll wrap this up. I'm about out of whiskey and I don't think I can pour myself another. But yeah, I've poured two already. I've been going slow on the second one. Yeah. I, I went kind of fast. This is uh, some good stuff. I like this old forester dude. I'm telling you, Brown Foreman is beautiful. It's good stuff, man. All that old Forester, it's the Whiskey Row series is what it's called, right? So um, there's three bottles, I think, or four. Is it three or four? It's four. Yeah, four I think bottles. they had all four um, at the... Dude, they're all delicious. Like, the, there are some... 1910 and 1920 are by far, in my opinion, the best, but the whole series is good. Question. Um, any more uh, questions? Uh, do you like your- the WorkSharp system? Oh, okay. Yes and no. So I use it. It's what I use more than anything, uh, but it's also dangerous. I've talked about the last time I, I did a live stream one night. I had probably two or three IPAs, didn't eat much before, and then I decided, hey, this would be a great time to go sharpen a knife. So I pulled out. I forgot that story. It's so I pulled out one of my favorite <laughs> knives, the Pena Front Flipper Trapper, took it to the work sharp, and I sharpened it. Was I on the phone when you did that? No. No, no, no. Uh, but I sharpened it at 17 degrees instead of 20. And, man, it just looked horrible. Um, that was really my mistake, not really work sharps. But the, the point I'm getting at is that it's really good, especially if you've got a lot of big knives and you want to just go through a bunch of knives and sharpen them all. It's really great for just cutting through everything. 
but at the same time, you can really fuck up a blade in a hurry. Like you can just remove way too much material if you're not careful. So it, it's it's uh it's one of those things where you have a lot of power and and it's great for just knocking through some stuff. But at the same time, if you're not careful and you just don't pay attention for a split second, you can really fuck up your knife. So yes, okay, let's so, see. Yes. but there's a big uh, caveat there. There was one, Jeremy, we passed, uh, have you gotten your hands on a DS to Gloria from AJ yet? If so, what is your opinion? I have, uh, I'm pretty sure I had one of those. I'm almost positive. I did. Um, I don't remember though. Unfortunately, I smoke so many cigars. It's really, that's why I started keeping my cigar journal because I smoke so many cigars unless it is like a real standout cigar. It's hard for me to remember exactly. Um, but I'm pretty sure. I want to say there was one of those in a luxury cigar club box. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but um, anyway, I can't remember, unfortunately. Although if it's AJ Fernandez, it's probably pretty good. I can't think of any of his cigars that I just don't like uh, varying degrees of like, but I like them all to some degree. Uh, here's one from stone. If you like sours, try the new stone, notorious pog, super juicy and sour. I've not had anything from stone that I've really liked. Uh, I've not had a sour from Stone, but from from Stone, typically everything I've had has been very hoppy, extra bitter, just almost like a, a really dark roast coffee. And I'm just, you know, if I'm making a comparison, it's just not my not my style. Uh, but Randall Oaks says, being from North Carolina, I love Wicked Weed. Are you a fan? I've had the the store Wicked Weed stuff, all the distribution stuff. I've never been to Wicked Weed. Uh, something I want to do. Very soon, I want, uh, as soon as this pandemic's over, I want to do the brewery tour in Asheville where uh, you get on the, the bike, I guess, and, and it's a trolley bike, and everybody drinks beer and goes to all the breweries. Nice. So that's something nice. I definitely want to do. If your humidor is on fire, what three cigars would you save? Uh, right now? Uh, that, that big, fat Texas cigar, I know he'd save that one. I would definitely let that motherfucker <laughs> burn like kindling. Um, right now there's two Placencia cigars in there that I would save. Uh, it, it would vary. Obviously I go through a lot of cigars. Um, so my humidor is always rotating and changing right now. There's a, uh, two Placencias in there that I just really, really like. There's a Placencia Alma del Fuego. That is really, really a good cigar and an Alma. No. And, uh, what's the other one? It's a, uh, six sided cigar. It's a Placencia. Sounds like Alma del Fuego, but it's not an Alma del Fuego. It's a Al- something Fuerte. I think is what it's called. Um, I would definitely say both of those. They're delicious. And there's a Padron 1926 in there that I would save because I'm just a big fan of a Padron 1926. But that's right now. That could change on any given week. Uh, what do you think about Dimco knives? I don't think you're very familiar with Dimco, are you, Jeremy? Nope. Don't even know. Uh, so know nothing the, about it. The uh, 8015, 8010, 8020, they're very, very heavy-duty, hard-use folders. Um the only thing I can say about them is they look pretty nice, but they're a little beefy for my tastes. It's like this on steroids. Uh, they're, 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 Cold Steel does some production runs of, of Demco knives, like the 8015. Um, the 8020 just came out, and uh, I think Nick Shabazz just made a video on it, and, and the Nick Shabazz effect is happening. Everybody's buying them up now, but uh, I would say it's not really my style. I'm more traditional not tactical and he's he's definitely more like hard use tactical as far as his, his style goes um stonewall, J- stonewall. jage jage hold on somebody asked me 
when my glasses are coming out. Oh. So let me answer that real quick. Um, I'm not sure. We're in the process. Corona has fucked that up just a little bit. And the guy who is making them for us is having some problems with his shop got closed down because it was in a city that there was locked down. There's, there's been some, they're coming, they're in the works. I'm definitely going to try to have them out before Christmas season. So people have presents and stuff, but probably within the next couple months. Sorry. Just wanted to make it. Do I get one as a present? Yeah. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Or, or, or have I, this is one of the prototypes right here. It's too small. But this is one of the prototypes right here. Nice. He made this as a prototype because I wanted this general shape. I'm kind of designing this from the ground up to be like the ultimate whiskey glass. Um, and I think he got the shape down, but the size is a little much or a little small. He needs to like make it quite a bit bigger. Uh, any plans for whiskey knife fight good. merch? Sure. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Just uh, want to get the ball rolling first. Get some mm-hmm. other stuff squared away like monetization get the podcast syndicated on apple Podcasts and spotify and all that i've seen some questions rolling through about where like what platforms will be on uh once we get rolling everywhere but you have to apply so we're going to take the audio from this i'm going to edit it tomorrow and then i have to submit that so i have to upload it to podbean i guess is what we're using and then i have to submit that feed to apple Podcasts, and then they have to approve it and spotify you have to have God knows how many episodes to to apply there. So yeah, but it's just going to take time, like like it does with any podcast. That's why, like a lot of new podcasts that come out on, say Gimlet, they'll drop a whole season at once, and they do that so that they can get syndicated instantly. Uh, yeah. I, I think so. I'm, that's my theory. But like Spotify, I remember back when I was doing another podcast, you had to have so many episodes to even get on Spotify. Somebody said something about the Hitch and Timber Runt 2.0. It's awesome. I love Hitch and Timber stuff. Uh, I lost my space or place because it just jumped way forward. Truck down. He just said thoughts on the Hitch and Timber Runt 2.0. Just ordered mine. I I love all the Hitch and Timber stuff. I think it's great. I have a Runt. It's good. Um, What else here? What else we got? Yeah, I, I, I was... Quick, clicked over and it jumped like all the way to the bottom. Yeah, it jumped on me to too. Fuck, I lost my place. Uh, Sean Dooley says Jeremy didn't see your shirt on the merch site. Are you going to do another run? Uh, you talking about the shirt I'm wearing right there now? There was another question about it. Is it this shirt? Probably, you mean yes. This shirt I have not dropped yet. Um, I am going to try to drop one new design about a month. Um, just to kind of keep things fresh in there to give you guys new stuff in case. Some of the previous stuff wasn't your thing. Um, this one is one that should be dropping this month. So probably within the next week or two, I'll I'll have them release this one. Uh, Chris Whitaker says, do burial. Burial beer is so good. So good. Uh, that's one of those that I think you would have to try. They have a, a beer called Surf Wax, and I think you would love it. I really do. And I'm not saying that just because I like it, but I think you would like it. Just based on what I know about you, I think if you tried the right beers, mm. you would like them. Mm. And and most of the beers that I drink mm. are like 7, 8, 9, 10% alcohol. So they're, I mean, you drink two and you're you're feeling it. So A lot of the whiskeys I drink are like 125. Yeah, but you're drinking like small pours versus you're drinking an ounce and a half you're, you're drinking a pint of 10 percent alcohol you're right you're gonna feel it after a couple no <laughs> yeah. I, I know i'm joking I, i've had a few of uh i think they're called imperial stouts yeah. 
What are the stouts that are like up in the twelves? Uh, Imperial, yeah, they're called Imperial. There's Imper- Imperial. There's double get Imperial. There's there's a lot of different stuff that I mean they'll get you. Oh yes, there. I mean there's there's a beer that's I think thirty forty percent alcohol. That's crazy. Yeah, that's like you fucking... can't sell it because it's way too high alcohol. I mean that's you can't hard sell liquor. it at like a gr- grocery store or a bottle shop. You have to sell it at an ABC store. It's not a liquor store. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I I've seen some in stores that are pushing 30 percent it's crazy and they're like 30 40 dollars for a a bottle let's see what else are we got here uh Cy just waiting on my hellraiser thanks to jeremy uh see? somebody in the comments here i don't know where they went but they said they were going to send me a hellraiser i dude i'm telling you i got i personally like the knife and i got there were a couple mall ninja comments on the video, which I, I responded. Have you been talking to Taylor? And they're like, ha ha. Yeah. I actually think it's a pretty cool knife. Overwhelmingly people dig that knife. I'm just saying, I'm just uh, saying it's kind of like if one person calls you an asshole, maybe it's the one person. If 50 people call you an asshole, maybe you're an asshole. If one person said they like the knife, maybe you were right. But if hundreds of people are saying they like the knife, maybe you're wrong about the knife. I'm just saying. I maybe. didn't say it was Consider an unlikable it. knife or a bad knife. I just said it was Mall Ninja. <laughs> so I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. I'm just saying it. I'm just calling it what it is. Well, I'll be curious to see if you think my version. Well, is if Mall you Ninja. drop the speed holes and put brass on it, it's not going to be Mall Ninja inherently. Brass is not going to be Mall Ninja. Mall Ninja stuff is either really shiny and mirror finish and lots of curves and swoops and speed holes or black. <laughs> he goes, or black. That's, well, then it's not going to be Mall Ninja because it's going to be brass scales. And um, I think I'm taking the speed holes off. Uh, I'm at death says, Taylor, do you still have a coin coming out or Hanks? Working on the Hanks coins are going to happen, but I don't know when. Uh, I have, I have yeah, dude, fallen off. Do some more Hanks, dude. That Hank that you did, look, I always so, say, and people think I'm fucking around. Look, just this is proof. What are you, this digging that playing. shit out of your asshole? <laughs> it's in my back pocket. <laughs> uh, I always have, this is an indispensable piece of EDC. I've right actually here. not carried a I Hank for this. like two weeks. I had one in my pocket walking on the beach, um, and Eleanor was running and tripped and fell face first into the sand. She came up, and she just had a mask of sand on her face. So I got my Hank out, dipped it in the, the ocean and just wiped her face down. And I didn't put it back in my pocket because it had sand all over it. And then just it's been two weeks and I just destroyed anything after that. <laughs> um, but yeah, with carry commission, I've, I've really fallen off. I, I like to blame it on, on the, the pandemic, but the truth is like, I've just been busy and I haven't stayed on top of it, but uh, I have, I have about four things in the works right now, currently, and two of those things you guys sort of know about. One of those is something I haven't talked about at all, really, and then the other, I'd I'd like to get a coin made, but uh, I just haven't started the process. There are a few ways that I could go about it, and I haven't decided which one's the best. It's the best way to put that, I guess. Stretch Armstrong. All my fucking lighters are out. Hey. What are your thoughts on these? Uh, just a, a quick question, because I got one of these in the mail, and, uh, well, I bought it. But uh, So this is a Zippo, but... Yeah, man. But... 
So um, I know it would be very difficult to light a cigar with this because that's a very small surface. I, and Right. I I think for general lighter purposes, if you're just having a lighter in your pocket for kind of like a, oh, shit, need something to start a fire or need something to, you know, whatever, burn a little piece of string or whatever. Um, I know I've seen them sell those and market them as cigar lighters. I've never tried. Well, I got this one. So Zippo makes um, their own refill. That's this. Uh, I got this one because it's angled. So Zippo's is kind of recessed. And that's uh-huh. kind of the problem with these little plasma or spark lighters or what are you, arc lighters. I guess is what they're technically called. Um, the problem is that it's hard to reach. There's not a lot of, mm-hmm. of reach on it uh, and this one is angled so you could definitely light more with this one but i, I got this for a video that i think is going to come out this week but um i don't i don't know i just wanted to know what your thoughts on an arc lighter were i think they're kind of cool and, and for like a survival kit or something like that i think this sure. is much better than something with fuel in it because it's i think one charge lasts a lot longer one charge keeps right. this thing i think it's 10 10 second lights it's rated for 300 of them per charge, which right. is a, that's a shit ton. Like, so right. I don't know. I thought it was cool. I'd try it out anyway. No, I think for that purpose, I think they're great for cigars. They're probably, mm, yeah. Well, probably not for not. a cigar. Yeah, I usually go with a nice soft flame lighter of some nature or, um, one of these jet. This is a Zippo with a jet. Yeah. Insert. I've got a Zippo with a soft flame butane insert. And then I've got some, no jet lighters. All of them are fucking out of fuel right now, though. I need to refill everything, <laughs> apparently. Uh, if someone is getting into EDC, what's the best advice you have? I do a lot of DIY EDC items. Are you against that, or do you think it's okay? It's absolutely okay. Like, hell, if, yeah, Fun. if you can make your own stuff and you like it, then don't spend the money because <laughs> it, it gets very expensive, and that's the advice I would give. I made a video recently about the biggest mistake people make when they get into EDC. It's not, okay, that video was a Q&A. That's what I titled the video, and that was one of the things I talked about. Uh, but the the thing is, people just get caught up in materials and slightly better this and slightly better that, and you end up going from a $50 knife to a $150 knife, and then you buy that $150 knife, and the next time, it's way easier to buy a $150 knife. So then you start mm-hmm. looking at a 200 or $250 knife, and then it just escalates, and everybody's like, I'm not going to do that. That's not going to be me. Uh, go check my Discord server, because there were people who were like, uh, $100 is my limit. I don't need a knife any better than that. $100 is fine. They get a $100 knife, and then you fast forward three or four months, and they've got like a Shurik Orov or uh, some sort of custom knife, which was $1,000 or something like it. That's just, that's how it's that's how it goes. It happens. So that's the biggest Snowball. mistake. Uh, enjoy what you got. Do research. Pick one or two things, and, and don't do like me and buy all of the things. All of the things. Well, that's like my whole argument with blade steel, right? Like, I think people put too much emphasis. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy a good blade steel as much as the next guy, right? There are definitely blade steels that are better, hold an edge longer. But then there's pros and cons. Generally, the longer it holds an edge, the harder it is to sharpen. Like, you can go back and forth with all that. But point is, I think what you said is a good point. Like, just get what you can afford that's good. Enjoy it. Don't worry about it. And the great thing about cheaper gear is if you fuck it up, you're not too bummed out about it. You fuck up a $600 knife, you are bummed. Bummed. You tear up a Tenacious, you're like, I'll just buy another one. (laughs) Yes and no. Like, so the thing about this, this is, I think I paid like $470 for this. Um, If I were to break this knife, if anything happened to it, if I broke the blade or, or whatever, 
Chris Reeve has a an immaculate, a really, really good warranty. And that's part of what you're right. paying for. Um, you're paying for higher tolerances, better materials. So it, it is a cry, like buy once, cry once situation where if you break it, send it in. And a lot of the right. time they'll do a blade replacement for you. So instead of having to buy a whole new knife, you can just get a new blade. Um, so there, there's definitely levels to it, I guess. That sounds really dumb. I feel like Joe Rogan now, but there there are levels, levels to shit. EDC knives and the gear. Like you, you're... There's levels to all. Oh yeah, of it, but you're bro. you're definitely like graduating once you you cross a certain price threshold, like between that mm-hmm. two hundred and fifty to three hundred to that four hundred dollar mark, you're you're stepping into a new threshold where the warranty becomes exceptional, especially with with mm-hmm. companies like Hinderer and Chris Reeve and stuff. When you when you start talking about Shirogorov, that warranty is a lot more gray because you have to have proof of purchase from a registered like an authorized dealer and if you buy it from somebody else that warranty doesn't exist like whereas like chris reeve or hinderer i think you could still send it in even if you're like the fourth owner you know so anyway i could rant about that for a while Uh, let me see what else we got in here let's see what is your go-to coffee i just skipped forward because it keeps jumping so dude have you had or I'm probably going to fuck this up. I think it's Orphea. No. A coffee uh, place I'm I'm working with. Uh, I'm going to have a video coming on pretty soon. Sent me. Now, they don't make coffee. They're actually a, they, they sell like machines and stuff, but they also sell coffee. They sent me a bag of this. I think it's called Orphea. Man, that makes them not coffee, right? You wouldn't put it in pour over. It's for espresso, but man, it makes a fucking delicious espresso or a flat white or latte or cappuccino or whatever. Like any espresso drink, that shit is delicious. Mine, hands down, every single time is always going to be brandy wine. Brandy wine coffee is the best coffee. I've got to try that. You always it's talk so about good. That. Brandy wine, and then the second in line would probably be Onyx. Onyx is and really good. another one, an honorable mention I have to throw out there just because Orphea is a new one that I just literally tried for the first time like a couple days ago. And it's specifically espresso, which isn't really the same as like something you would put in pour over or have coffee is Black Rifle. I know you are a little on the fence about Black Rifle, but man, I've had several. I haven't had all their stuff, but the several I have had, they've all been good. Their AK-47 is really good for espresso. Um, their Blackbeard's Delight is good for pour over. They're just black is good for pour over. Um, there's several blends I've had from them that have all been pretty damn tasty. All right, here's a here's a great one for you. Uh, what are some of your bourbon or scotch recommendations for beginners? Ardbeg. <laughs> <laughs> yes, get some Ardbeg tin and uh, yeah, call it a day. That's all you need. No, nah, man. You know, here's the thing. It Blow depends. Your taste like, buds from day one, and you'll never need another scotch. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. The guys from Whiskey Tribe have t- uh, Whiskey Tribe slash Whiskey Vault <clears throat> have talked about this um, before. And you know, you say Ardbeg, and it's kind of a joke, like because it's such an aggressive thing. But some people love it, right? So you give it to them. Oh, that's that Port fucking Charlotte man. I'm gonna I'm gonna part Charlotte. This. Um, but some people they love those flavors. So you know, you would think that Ardbeg is kind of an aggressive thing to throw on somebody right off the rip, but they love it right off the rip and they think it's the greatest thing ever. 
I would argue that that wee beastie is a pretty good if you if you wanted to try an Isla, it's a very approachable Isla. Now that's kind of a contradict. There it goes mouthgasm. Mm. It's kind of a contradictory statement. An approachable Isla, right? Because Islas are generally a little aggressive, but the wee beasties are really good Isla if you want to give a smoky, you know, peaty mermaid bathwater kind of scotch a try if you don't want to try that dalmore 12 is super approachable and drinkable monkey shoulder we were talking about earlier that's a super i think i think that would be like a good starter with a a non-pd just kind of very even baseline and then start branching out from there i think that was my first actually no i take it back my first scotch was a doers and it's not good. Dalmore 12, I would argue, is a better starter than Monkey Shoulder. Now, it's a little more expensive than Monkey Shoulder, but I think it's even a little easier drinking than Monkey Shoulder. Dalmore 12 is just... You, you may smooth, disagree with me on this, uh, only because there are, I know, better options out there, but for bourbon, my starter recommendation would be Bullet. Um, because it's very mild, it's affordable, it's it's everywhere sure uh if you want to step it up a notch and you can find it i'd say eagle rare i always for bourbons i send people to woodford double oaked i send people there because it's also pretty damn available it's very sweet very the only thing is is price that that's why i wouldn't recommend it as a starter it's just because it's what 45 it was like 50 60 here so Oh well, yeah. So I, I mean, um, like for a starter, I'm going to recommend something around thirty dollars. You know, a really good, and I'm about to do a video on like my favorite budget bourbons. The really good, easy drinking is just regular old Old Forester. I think it's the '86 stuff. Suggesting I think an old Forester. Yeah, dude, I love Old Forester. Really, I any of the tell. Old Forester stuff really? would be. A good. I had no idea. <laughs> but their normal '86 proof stuff is like. $23 a bottle, $18 maybe for a, a, a seven fifty. I mean, dude, it's super cheap and it's, it's very approachable. Good stuff. So I'd say old Forester, either that old Forester, 100, uh, Woodford reserve, wild Turkey. Um, I saw somebody say wild Turkey one Oh one, um, which is very good, but one Oh one might be a little bit on the starting to get a little hot for people that are just jumping into whiskey for the first time. If you're going to drink it on ice, then the one one's probably a better choice because it will hold up to the ice a little better. If you're going to drink it neat, maybe just go with the standard kick and chicken, not the one one Wow. I totally lost my place again. Uh, someone asked me how my truck, there it is. Uh, how's your truck set up coming along? Uh, it's not, I've not done much of anything to my truck yet. I added a bed cover, and that's it. The beautiful thing about that truck is it's so fucking pimp, you don't that's, need to do anything. I mean, it's, it's, it's good pretty much it exactly how I want it, other than, you know, a, right. a bed rack. Um, no progress on finding something for a bed rack, but uh, it spent two weeks in the shop, which was unfortunate. I was not too happy about that. It should have spent, like, a day or two in the shop. Also, it's got... F- less than 5,000 miles on it. It shouldn't spend a day in the shop, but it did. Uh, and it is to an, due to an issue that I knew would likely come up. So Lake Fork guy has the same engine in a Chevrolet in a Silverado, uh, three liter D- Duramax diesel. And he had the same exact issue three separate times. Uh, and it's just the intake um, manifold runner control valve. It freezes up. 
and then your fans kick on and you lose power and it's a mess. I took it to the dealership. They were like, oh yeah, we ran a service update on it, software update, and you're good to go. No problems. It's fixed. And I'm like, uh, don't think it is. So I drove off, immediately started doing it again. And uh, that was on a Monday. Dropped it off Monday morning. They started working on the truck Friday morning. I had to leave for the beach on Saturday. And they put me in a rental Yukon for a week. And I guess that was fine. Whatever. Uh, But yeah, truck's fine now. Got it back two days later. I ran over a screw. And uh, I just got that. I just saw a comment that I have to. Is it the Vulcan torch? I got to get something to address it. Bugatti Vulcan torch. Uh, It's a very, very expensive torch. Oh, I thought a Bugatti was a car. Okay. Hold on. Uh, I don't know where he's going, but I'm going to try to find another. Uh, here we go. Taylor, have you ever tried TS Prof Blitz 360? I have no idea what that is. No clue. Uh, any thought on night watches? Also don't know what that is. Jeremy is coming back with a bottle of whiskey. Damn seat. All kinds of noise. I think you were. I don't think that was the seat. <laughs> Dude, if I blew ass like that, I'd have blown out of over it. <laughs> So the comment was somebody had said, I heard somebody uh, saw somebody said, are we really talking about wild turkey as being good whiskey? Wild turkey 101. Here's the thing. If you look in the whiskey community, most people would agree that wild turkey 101 for a budget, for a budget whiskey. Now, we're not talking about comparing this with 50, 60, 70, $80 bottles, right? Like it's a different kind of thing. But for a budget whiskey, it's a good whiskey. It's good. There's nothing wrong with this at all. I poured a little too much of this Port Charlotte. I still have to go home, so I'm going to have to hang now, out here for a little bit before I go home. I'm coming off the tails of Old Forester, which is a, a hard yardstick to, to rule against, right? Because that shit's delicious. And this holds up, man. It's good. And I, I went, There's nothing I, wrong I pulled a 180. If, I went from uh, Old Forester 1920 to some heavily peated scotch. Right. Um, I mean, I, there's nothing wrong with that 101. I, I forgot where the comment went where somebody said that they don't like it. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, to each his own. Everybody's got their own palate. But I would think uh, I'm, you know, pretty friendly with a lot of the people in the whiskey community and that comes up on a lot of people's list, man. That's a, it's a solid starter. Whiskey. So Jeffrey star says basil Hayden is trash. So, you know, I, I used have, to recommend that as a starter. I have, whiskey. A, I have a story about basil Hayden's because I bought a bottle on a recommendation of a friend. He said, go get this. It's really good. So I did, I went out, I spent the 40, 50 bucks that it was for a bottle of basil Hayden's. I came home mm-hmm. and I had two bottles in a Brown bag and I laid them down on the counter sideways, laid them, gently uh-huh. there was a bottle of tequila for alex and then i had my basil's hayden's i laid it on the counter softly mm-hmm. and all of a sudden all of the whiskey spills out everywhere oh no what'd you Nothing. do it, 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 it cracked and broke and i didn't do anything ah. so i called yeah. the abc store i'm like hey i got home i didn't do anything this bottle just shattered on me and they said we can't really do anything about it because we can't prove that you didn't just drop it 
Well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a suspect statement, right? The bottle just self Yeah, but I mean, I, I legitimately didn't do anything to it. So I called, right. or I emailed Basil Hayden's, and I was like, look, I bought a bottle. It just fell apart on me, and the ABC store won't do anything. And they're like, sweet, no problem. Send us a picture of what right. happened. Like, show us the bottle, and our uh, R&D will take it into consideration, see if they can figure out what happened, but we'll we'll cut you a check for a bottle. We don't care. I was like, sweet, right. awesome. So right. they cut me a check. Waited, 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 waited. And they did say it would take five to seven weeks. I waited, never came. Or so I thought. <laughs> this past weekend, this was three years ago, four years ago. This past weekend, Alex was like, you need to clean out your coffee station because it just kind of turned into like where we put mail and all sorts of shit. So she's like, she's like you, you need to clean it. out your coffee station. I opened the drawer and I was going through stuff and I'm like, the fuck is that from? Because I saw the letter and it looked like a check and I opened it up. Dude, fucking $50 check from whoever the distiller is. Fucking went out of date, expired three and a half years ago. That's I hilarious, so mad. I was dude. like, that check never that came. What happened? They were supposed to take care of me. Uh, so I think Alex threw that in with my mail and I just totally missed it. Wow. <sighs> Oh, here he is. This guy, Radhouse. He says, I stand behind my comments. <laughs> hey, man, to each their own, right? Everybody's palate is different. You, you don't have to like it. Not everybody likes everything. Um, I personally think it's a pretty good uh, budget whiskey. Um, I actually did a poll on my Patreon to figure out the budget bourbons that people wanted me to try that they were their favorite budget bourbons. I put a big list of them in there. And um, that was very high up on the list of it, it's going to end up in the video because it was one that most people voted on. Um, but you know, hey, to each their own, man. I, I get it. Not everybody has to like everything. That's why they have so many different ones. Uh, Justin Marlette says, the Carter or Ace Biblio. I'm guessing that you're asking about the James Brand Carter and the Giant Mouse Ace Biblio. Like, I know Ace Biblio. Uh, hands down, every single time, Ace Biblio over the James Brand Carter. Carter's fine. It's like a, I wouldn't even call it a fancier bug out. It's like a, a micarta bug out with thicker scales, weighs a little more, and it has VG-10 steel. Uh, and the Ace Biblio is just all around, I think, a better knife. Uh, there are some questions about quality control from, from Giant Mouse Knives, and, and a lot of the Italian knife makers right now, or production knife makers, uh, as far as heat treat goes, quality control. I've had some with Lock Rock. I've had some with a little play in the blade. So I would, I would still hedge my bets and go Giant Mouse. That's just my opinion. Hmm. Alex says, Taylor, that's not the first check you've lost in the mail and you always blame it on me. Well, I was looking for that one specifically and it never came. So I don't know. Well, I, I blame a lot of shit on Allison too. That's not really her fault. I think that's just kind of the nature <laughs> of the beast. Uh, do you recommend <laughs> the Ace Grand? Hell yeah, it is a beast of a knife. It's big. It's a big boy, uh, but I, I'm digging it. Can't wait to carry it. I think it's a, a really sick knife. And then since we're on these knife questions, we have one from Darkshot. Taylor, thoughts on the Vero Axon? Uh, I think it's sweet. I think Vero Engineering is on some really good stuff. So the Axon is basically a bigger version of this with like a like a sheep's foot or Warncliffe blade. Good looking knife. But it is a liner lock, so it is not a frame. Well, this one's a liner too, but no, it's not. It's a oh, subframe. Shit. Sorry. 
Remind me to hit that comment from Chris Travis when you're done. Chris Travis. LOL. <laughs> there, nope. I, I don't know where you are. Is it Buffalo Trace? Uh, well, I'll just read it. He says Buffalo oh, yeah. Trace is my go-to bourbon. I don't know why I didn't think of that. Yes, Buffalo Trace, fantastic beginner yeah. bourbon. I, it's relatively I affordable. I don't think I've had Buffalo Trace. I, I've had it. Just not, I've not found a bottle in store. It's one of the ones that came up that the people voted on that's going to be in my video I'm doing. It's it's a good standard, and it's a little hard to find in some areas, um, but again, it's in that $25 price range, and it's super drinkable. I mean, if, if you don't like that, you're probably not going to like whiskey. <laughs> like, there's certain whiskeys I say that. I'm like, look, if you can't palate this, if this is something you can't, it's too much for you, then you're probably just not going to dig whiskey. And Buffalo Trace That's what I say to people after I recommend Ardbeg. <laughs> that's totally fucked up that is so inaccurate this is basically the mildest a lot of whiskey people, you're ever gonna find and if you can't oh, stomach dude. this you should probably just stick to water my wife hates that alex shit, man. alex will I've leave the her room to try all if of i open a bottle of scotch she hates it i've had props to her for being a good sport she's tried all of them just you know just to see and the faces she pulls when she drinks them, man, it's like you just fed her rat poison. She's so like, Alex, Alex will leave the room. She'll hear me pop a cork on any scotch, and she's like, she's out. But when she was pregnant last time, she liked the smell of Lagavulin. Uh, she's pregnant right now. I think last time we talked, that wasn't public knowledge, but she's pregnant right now. We're expecting another child, a little boy this time. Very excited about congratulations. that. Congratulations. I haven't said anything about that on public Thanks. forums because I didn't know if you wanted to blow up the spot, but Thank congratulations. You. And uh, this time she is not asked to smell the log Vulin. So verdict still out on whether that's like just a pregnancy thing or if her nose was broken that time. I don't know. I don't know, but she, she liked it last time. <laughs> she had a slight stroke and she was smelling weird <laughs> stuff. She, she used to get mad. Like we'd go on press trips with like Buick and stuff. And I would every time... Every time I would order Lagavulin, everywhere we went, and she would get so mad because she hates the smell. And you, you bring that shit out in a restaurant, even, and and if somebody is drinking it at the table, you know, Dude, you know, gotta, somebody has a scotch at the table for yeah. sure. And dude, when you drink it out of a whiskey glass, you've got to wash that glass good because it the smell stays in there. Like I just went from the one to the next bourbon and i just rinse it out with water real quick and there's no I'm residual gonna smell this you gotta like wash that shit i will soap. smell this when i come in here tomorrow yeah <laughs> it's serious oh here's a, this is actually an interesting question click on um this is totally different but it's it's a cool topic i think jeremy what's your thoughts on hand tats at oh, a I young age i think that's an interesting question um now this coming from a guy that's got a ton of tattoos i don't think hand tattoos at a young age is a very good idea now, I'm not being a judgy dad when I say that, but his tattoos are also like 80 years old. So, well, no, I mean, some of my finger tattoos are very I, recent. That, that was a joke. Um, Jeremy, it was, a, it was an the, old the joke. One, the tattoo place that I go to, they won't tattoo your hands unless you've gotten, you have a lot of other tattoos. Like if you go in there and you don't have tattoos and you say, I want a big tattoo on my hand, they're going to say no. Because unfortunately right coming from a guy who has a lot of tattoos i don't think you should judge people for tattoos i think it's silly they're just tattoos it doesn't is no indication of what kind of person you are the fact that you have tattoos or don't but unfortunately we still live in a society where a lot of people there are rules certain jobs you can't get if you've got tattoos like that and stuff so 
you just need to make sure you've got shit squad away before you go and tattoo up your hands. Um, I started tattooing my hands on purpose because I had sleeves and stuff. I used to work in a office environment years ago. And when I started working for myself, I liked tattoos and it was kind of a thing that I did to make sure I couldn't go back to that life. I'd never wanted to go back to an office job. So I started tattooing my hands to be like, this is my seal in the deal. I have to make this work because now I've got fucking tattoos all over my hands and I can't get a job at any of those places anymore. <laughs> so, um, but at a young age, it could be a little dangerous, right? Because it, also tattoos at a young age can just be a little sketchy, right? Cause you, you don't always make, you the also best don't decisions. know what you now, really like. I started getting tattoos you know when I was 16. You think you know right. what you like, but you really don't know what you like. This is this is coming right. from a guy now, who has exactly zero tattoos. So, I started getting tattoos when I was sixteen. So I started getting tattoos at a young age. Do I regret any of them? Absolutely not. I don't. I don't look at tattoos, even if it's not my favorite tattoo anymore. I look at it as it was a moment in time in my life, and when I look at it, it reminds me of that, and I'm fine with it. Right? I don't think. But some people regret tattoos, right? So it kind of depends on the person you are also. I don't regret any of mine. I don't care. It doesn't affect me. But I know some people, I have friends that have tattoos that they regret. So it's not a very cut and paste answer for everybody. It <laughs> there's the a, there's a, a family story. It's not my family, so I don't know that I can share this story. But it's, it's a very funny story about, uh, I'll, I'll like briefly give the synopsis. Uh, two people who dated for a short while and the the female in that relationship got the guy's name tattooed all the way across her back in big oh. letters and then they broke up like shortly thereafter um yeah that is kind of an unspoken rule of tattoos is you don't get significant others tattoos because it's like the fucking nail in the coffin like as soon as you do that something's going to happen <laughs> now that being said i have my wife's initial on my finger and I have our anniversary date tattooed on the back. Well, that's of my so you elbow. don't forget it, right? That is so I don't forget it. Um, but also me and my wife have been married for like a long time. And it's a little different than just getting some girlfriend or some girl. You just got engaged to's name tattooed that shit could go wrong. Like shit could still go wrong with me and my wife. I mean, who knows? She could cheat on me. I don't think she ever would though. Um, but it's very different getting your wife's name who you've been married to for 10 years and have three kids with name tattooed on you and getting a girlfriend that you've been dating for three months. Well, named well the, uh, the lady then went and had a child and just ended up naming the child after the tattoo, I guess. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> that's hilarious. Your kids is always a yeah. safe bet, right? Like I have my daughter's name all the way across my arm. I have my son's, your kids. They're always, they're well, always going to be your kids a, regardless tell what about happens. That frozen tattoo though. We know you got that frozon tattoo. What? Frozen yeah. tattoo. Oh, ah, ha ha ha. You're <laughs> fucking okay. I was like, seriously, there's a, fr I, I want to get my kids some, uh, I, I wanted to get it when it, when they were younger and some of them are, have gotten too old now, but I wanted to get, um, them to write their name when they still have like cute kid writing and then get their, like take that to a tattoo guy and let him write that on me somewhere. It'll look all fucked up and look like a janky tattoo artist did it, but it'll be a good tattoo for me to remember. Ooh, yeah. That's like, a really good know. question from IMAC. Uh, what about the T Swift tattoo? 
look, it was a drunk night, and uh, <laughs> all right. Well, that, that should probably. I don't have any drunk probably, tattoos. I, I don't have any. I don't have any like uh, dumb. Drunk I have tattoos. zero tattoos. None. I don't have any tattoos. I regret. I, I I would like a tattoo. I think, but I've just never done it because I spend all my money on camera gear and knives. And now, well, tattoos and, and now cheap. a daughter and and a forthcoming son. So. You definitely don't want a bargain yeah. tattoo. There's some tattoo advice for you. Don't go to the place that has the buy one, get one free tattoos. Don't no, look for a, the there's cheapest actually a tattoo local, you can get. They did a, a Friday the 13th special, and he is very good. He's one that did one of Alex's tattoos, and if she gets any done again, she said she wants to go back to him, but they were doing specials that was like $40. for. It was a generic tattoo, but I liked it. Um yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. There are good tattoo guys that do that. The tattoo place I go to, they have a uh, gumball machine, right? So I think you pay like, I think it's 50 bucks, and you twist the gumball machine, and they have like pre-done tattoo designs. These aren't like poster. These are things they've drawn, but they're pre-drawn, and whatever comes out. You, yeah, you hard pass on that. <laughs> yeah, pass. yeah, so, um, you know, there are, I say that, that, you can get deals on tattoos from good tattoo artists. It's not to say that just because they're running a special for a holiday or something, it's not a good tattoo place. But generally speaking, tattoos aren't something you want to bargain yeah, shop, yeah. right? Well, I think that's probably a good place to, to wrap this up. Uh, uh, this was a lot of fun. We we're definitely going to do this again. I think we'll be back next Wednesday, correct? I mean, that's, that's up to you. So Yes, but I do have to read this one comment real quick before we go. Jeremy, this is valid. real quick, Sires. Real quick, Sires. <laughs> If Jeremy has to smoke that cigar, Taylor should have to be tattooed. I, I'm okay Fucking, with that. I'm okay with a thousand concurrence. Uh, I will, Jer- I will tattoo Jeremy's name in big letters across my chest. Dude, do not say that because <laughs> because people, this is going on the fucking internet, bitch. Internet is forever. Somebody will be playing this shit back and saying there will be a clip of I will Just get Jeremy's name nipple tattooed. to nipple. Jeremy Sires. <laughs> Okay, I won't oh, get Jeremy Sires tattooed on me, but I'll, I'll get a tattoo for a thousand concurrence. Sure. Yeah, dude, do it. That that would be a good thing. You said you kind of wanted I'll one get, anyway, so get <laughs> something. Tattoo. No, I'll get that, that big Texas cigar. <laughs> yeah, d- look, it looks like a big <laughs> pecker across your chest. <laughs> be like, why do you have a large dick tattooed uh, across says, your please, chest? You, please, dear God, do not do that, Taylor. Uh we'll see we'll see see alec she likes my one tattoo where is it what is that alex likes your uh your harry potter tattoos oh yeah is that your nine and three quarters yeah yeah it's my nine and three quarters tattoo which a lot of people would give me shit for but again i don't give a fuck i like all my tattoos that is actually an homage to Uh, my mother said whiskey knife fight logo shoe man 13 I will get, get whiskey knife fight. Get it on the following shit. whiskey knife fight live. Wow. Oof. What am I going to have to get like a prison tat in my office? <laughs> we could live stream. We could take a laptop and live stream from a tattoo place. Uh, yeah, I, I would. I would do a tattoo for that. I don't know what I'd get a tattoo of, but I'd do a tattoo. Not one of my logos because my logos suck. Man. Actually, the Carry Commission logo. Kids are always safe. But. You know, some of my favorite tattoos I have, man, just as being a dad, I really enjoy these tattoos. I have them is get your kid's footprint tattooed on you somewhere. You take the footprint from the hospital 
and then they'll actually superimpose that actual footprint. So like my footprint tattoos are my kids actual footprints. It's not like a generic footprint with like, it's their actual footprint. Thing about Eleanor is I love her to death. She's the cutest child on the planet. I don't care what anybody says she is, but uh, she got some, she got my feet, man. She got some caveman feet right now. I'm thinking hopefully she grows out of babies. It. They're little man. <laughs> and my, my kids like it too. Cause they see it and they're like, Oh, my foot was that little. And I'm like, yeah, dude, you were little. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's their actual footprint from their birth certificate. I, don't, on, on, I like those tattoos. So she's my favorite we, ones. I don't think we have Eleanor's footprint, but I mean, her foot now is, is you big. should, they didn't put her footprint on your, your, the like the records from the hospital. Not that I know of. No, really? Huh? You should look through it. Usually they do. I know here they do. Um, I have foot my all my kids. They ink them. Just like a fingerprint. Yeah, they inked her, I guess, but I, I don't know. I don't have it. Those are good tattoos to have, man. And you'll look back at it years, years down the road, and you'll still enjoy it. I have it. a little baby caveman footprint on my chest. Or mm-hmm. little Barney Rubble footprint um, right on uh, your right tramp on your. stamp. <laughs> yeah, that's where you should get it. <laughs> oh, man. If you get my name tattooed, that's where I want you to get. I want it across your chest. I want it. Alex says, yes, we do have it. Uh, Shows how much you pay attention. So, see, Uh, I don't pay a whole lot of attention. I'm telling you that those are my favorite tattoos. Those are my favorite. I love those tattoos. My kids like them. And it's something that you'll never regret. That's a safe tattoo. But I feel like for a thousand concurrence, Mm -hmm. I should not get a safe tattoo. You know? Say that that's, Uh, I mean, you're smoking that big ass thing live that's gonna suck and it's gonna be hilarious it's gonna suck for you it's not gonna suck for me but uh the difference there though is smoking that tattoo that tattoo smoking that jesus christ smoking that cigar is temporary tattoos are forever <laughs> so i know i'm not know saying i'm saying? gonna get a stupid tattoo i'm not gonna get like a steve-o tattoo of my face on my shoulder or something but like you know i wouldn't mind a whiskey knife fight logo i'd do that shit that's fine. That's a that'd yeah, be unless I'll I did one. like the the uh, inverse of it, like the skeletonized version of it. It'd be a pretty heavy, dark tattoo. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what what happens. I mean, we gotta we gotta get we gotta gotta get a lot more concurrence to get there. So we got some time to think about it. Yeah, I think today we were only up to in the yeah, mid two fifty. So, but we didn't pump it very much either. Going forward, we'll do a little better, yeah. letting everybody know. But. Also, I think people will get used yeah, to it. So being this every is Wednesday, this is moving so. forward, barring any drastic things that come up. This is going to be every Wednesday night at eight PM Eastern time. So, right. Uh, with that said, uh, tell everybody where they can follow you, Jeremy, in case they don't already know, because this is Jeremy Sires everywhere, man. Jeremy Sires on Instagram. Jeremy Sires. Jeremy on Sires YouTube. on Twitter. Also, my. My, I don't do any other social media other than Instagram and YouTube. I'm never really on Twitter. I'm never really on Facebook. I don't. I have a, both of those accounts, but I'm never on them. So if you're trying to like interact with me, don't go there because you you won't. But Jeremy Sires on Instagram, Jeremy Sires on YouTube, or my second channel where I do all my whiskey or my uh, cigar stuff is Jeremy Sires After Hours. That's the non-censored channel. Uh, Alex says, "Remember when you wanted to get the mod logo tattooed? Uh, rip, no logos. I would still to this day get my mod logo tattooed on me because that was a big part of my life. Just saying. Yeah, man. That's how I feel yeah. about tattoos. People, like I said, and that's why I said it's a personal thing. Some people regret tattoos. I don't regret any of mine because I look at them like it was a point in time in my life. 
That was a huge part of my Whatever. life. Huge part. But if you want to follow me, right. I'm Casper Tech on Twitter and Instagram. I don't really use Twitter a whole lot, but Casper uh, Tech. Actually, I don't use Instagram as Casper Tech a whole lot. Best MEDC is the best place to follow me everywhere. It's Best MEDC on all platforms. Um, it's all linked down below, too. I updated the description here. So all of our social, our channels, our merch pages, everything is linked in the description down below. Uh, and I haven't thought ahead enough to think about how we're going to end these podcasts. So I don't really want to rip off my old podcast podcast outro, which was, I don't know how to end a podcast. That's what I would say at the very end. I would say, I have no idea how to end a podcast. <laughs> and then that would be the end of it. But uh, you just, you just say peace bitches. <laughs> like for, with you, n- no offense, Jeremy, real quick, Cyrus, but with you, I feel like there has to be like a hard cut and the way that all of these are going to end. I just feel like what's going to happen is I'm going to hit in broadcast and you're still going to be talking. And I'm just gonna cut and it I think right that's the movie. best way to, to end these podcasts is with you just still going. <laughs> that is the most natural Jeremy Cyrus outro I can think of. I'm going to try very hard not to do that. <laughs> okay, well, see you guys next week. and uh, Real quick. Yeah, no, just kidding. Fuck you. <laughs> see you guys next week, and uh, we'll think of a better outro by then. So thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you there. That's it. Catch me howling at the moon